All right, guys, just getting the, the space warmed up. This is Moon Roving. We've got the show kicking off here in a few minutes. Hopefully, we'll get all the guests in here. Um, we've got a pretty awesome show this morning. We've got the Floating Ape Crew, Coral Tribe, Yaku Corp, uh, the Commune I3 guys, and uh, Parzival with his Asylum Project. So five projects we'll be running through over the next Probably 90 minutes. Here's Yaku. Still waiting on Commune and Floating Apes are here. One, two, three. Who else are missing? Coral Tribe. Okay. What's up, Koopy? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Well, uh, Koopy's not here, so I'm struggling for okay, perfect. today. I assume you mentioned How have you been? It. I didn't know whether to come on as trader or... or That's cool. Anyway. Either one. How are you doing? Things are good, man. Super excited uh, for the show today. Yeah, it should be good. It should be good. Did you uh, Did you get involved with, uh, with the OK Bears yesterday? I saw my bear today. Did you? Nice. Did you, did you get it? Were you on the whitelist? Yeah, I was. They came to me somehow early on, and I just did like a whitelist giveaway for them. And then mm. I was circled back late, later, closer to Mint, and they ended up just giving me one, which was nice. 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 did well. Yeah, I sold it at 54, so I'm sure it will go to like 1,000 now. But <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe how it's, uh, how, it's, how it's gone so fast. I mean, it's like top 10 biggest project in what, 24 yeah, hours? Yeah, less than 24 hours. I don't know. Where's the floor price at right now? Um, last time I looked, it was like 50 yeah. So probably similar to it. No, 40. No, it's dropping 43. Interesting. I mean, I don't know a ton about, but I've tried to get those guys, those guys on the show for weeks, but they were, said they were too busy. So, I mean, I hope the best for them. I'll probably buy it back in at some point. But uh, anyway, I digress. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one because they made an announcement yesterday, late last night, and, and nothing's been announced since. So yeah, be interesting to see where they go. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are talking about that's a lot of ETH money coming in, um, and you hear others saying, "Hey, this is what branding's all about in Web three and so on and so forth." But we'll see how it plays out. It's still early, uh, so yeah. But anyhow, hey guys, this is uh, Moon Roving. Uh, the, we are hanging out on the Morning Mint show. I've got uh, Koopy on with us, or actually a trader who, who works with Koopy, uh, is representing uh, K-Labs today, so thanks for, for jumping on. We've got five very lit projects, Floating Apes, Coral Tribe, Yaku Corp, Commune, who we're still waiting uh, for those guys to, to jump in, and Asylum. Um, and then, as always, uh, at least for this week, we are sponsored, uh, headlight sponsored, and presented by Cheddar Block Games. Check those guys out, creating NFTs and esports. I'm an advisor on the project. Actually, I just spent the last 40 minutes with them. Uh, a lot of cool stuff that they're building. So, Cheddar Block Games, uh, take a look. They'll be minting probably in the next month, month and a half or so. But uh, a platform with 50 plus games, PvP, P2E, going to be partnering with DAOs in a really unique way. So if you uh, run a DAO or involve with DAOs, definitely reach out to Cheddar Black Games and talk to them about what they're doing. Um, I can help set that up as well. And then Yaku Corp is on the show today. Uh, they are the mint of the week. They're minting on the 30th. Um, you get whitelist, whitelist access if you've got like one of the capsules tied in with one of the bikes. Uh, that's an auto mint. Uh, it does cost soul, but you do get that, that whitelist. So uh, super excited for that mint. I think I've got two of them 
lined up for this week on the 30th. Uh, and that's their avatars that are coming. So check out Yaku Corp. If you don't hold one of the capsules and one of the bikes, go grab uh, each of those and you'll get that white list. Uh, pretty excited to see what these um, uh, avatars look like and the utility that will come along here in the weeks and, and months ahead with AquaCorp. So uh, with that, let's start the show, guys. So uh, what we'll do is kind of what we do normally. I'll behind the scenes here, reach out to Commune uh, I3 and see if we can get them to, to jump up here. But um, let's do intro. So we'll go around the horn. Give us like a two or three minute intro. A little bit about the project. Some of you have minted, some of you um, have not. Uh, you know, any kind of high-level updates, team, whatever you want to do in two or three minutes, and then we can circle back and go a little bit deeper. If you're hanging out with us uh, in the uh, the crowd today, if you wouldn't mind retweet uh, the space, and that goes for the projects too. Let's get as many folks in here, kind of listening and watching as we can. It helps all of us. Um, but if you've got questions for these guys and gals, feel free to re- request the mic. We'll pull you up probably after the intro. So uh, after we kind of go around the horn, I'll start asking questions. Um, Trader from Koopy's account will ask questions as well. But, you know, we're not the smartest guys in the room. You know, and a lot of times I get kind of one track uh, perspective on the way I ask questions. So I love diverse perspective and um, thoughts on these things. So if you've got something that you're not hearing us ask about, please do request the mic. Uh, just be clear and concise. And that goes for everybody. The projects, myself, I got to stop talking. <laughs> and um, those asking questions, you know, we've, we've got five lit projects, so we've got a lot of content to get through today. So with that, let's uh, let's start going through. Let's start with, um, we'll go down the, the list that we have it as we have it set up in the tweet. So we'll go Floating Apes, Coral Tribe, Yaku Corp, Commune if they get on, and then uh, Parseval with uh, his asylum. So uh, with that, Floating Apes, Thanks so much for jumping on the show, the Morning Mint Show. Good to see you. The mic's over to you, and let's rock and roll. Hey, how's everybody doing? Hope you guys are doing good. Thank you to Moon for having us up here. And um, shout out to all the projects. I'm, I'm actually very happy that uh, for the, you know, the lineup today. I'm literally bullish on every single one of the projects that are up here. Uh, I have not bought into Coral Tribe yet, Asylum, uh, I don't know if they have minted yet or not, but I did look into them before, and they're also a very lit project. Commune, Community 3, I've, I'm also very bullish on and looking forward to mint. All very, very, very um, great projects. Yaku, I'm a Yaku holder. We've done an AMA before with them. Love the Yaku team. They're doing great things. So just wanted to shout them all out before you know, we talk a little about our project. Uh, we minted out before yesterday. We had uh, our whitelist um Technically, we 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 our whitelist sold out, and we had a public whitelist, which we promised a certain portion, and then that sold out in like ten seconds. Um, Floating Apes affiliation. Who are we? Uh, we are a team of two founders, two community managers, and advisor, a dev team, and um, our amazing artists, which I always like to talk about first because you know, in the end of the day. As much utility as we have and as much as we are providing in the world of NFTs, art kind of attracts the people. And we believe that we have some of the best art on Solana right now. Uh, our artist, Ayub, has actually um, worked with The Weeknd. He has done The Weeknd's merchandise. He has sold art pieces to Zendaya. He's worked with Netflix films, um, Rock Nation, Bravado, Lil Uzi, a lot of big names. So bringing him into the Web3 world was very amazing it was a very good experience he's a very hard worker he's you know in full control of the creative side even the designs for the website for the staking site everything um all him um so 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 far since we have minted um we have made a lot of big announcements 
uh, of those announcements was number one staking. So people were expecting the staking two to three weeks later. We started it from day one. So the people were happy with that. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about what are the utilities for the float token as we have no liquidity pool. We believe no liquidity pool is the new cool. Um, other than that, we have uh, we have showed off some of the merchandise that the community is going to vote on that we are going to have that will fully be purchased with float token. And we have announced uh, huge raffles. So currently we have uh, ne- next week we are going to have a raffle. Uh, we already bought a cat, cats on crack, Catalina whale, a fox, and we're adding two of our lovely apes in that mix. Um, the cat and the fox are going to be raffled through with the float token. And then the Catalina whale is going to be airdropped to um, one of our stakers. So one of the people that are staking their um, ape right now. Um, other than that, uh, the vision of the project, I mean, in the end of the day, we are building a brand. And like you guys were talking about before with OK Bears, I mean, a lot of people didn't really understand, like, how did this really fly like that? But in the end of the day, for somebody like me who has a marketing background and who's ran a marketing firm before and currently running my own business aside from Web3, I mean, in the end of the day, it was not really a big surprise to me. Uh, in the end of the day, it's branding, right? There's some teams out there that have some of the best developers, some of the best tech, some of the best DeFi, but they are not reaching, you know, um, as a price or a floor price or, 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 you know, sales as high as other projects just because of the branding. Because in the end of the day, right, people buy into the hype and then they stay um, based on, you know, other things like community value to the holders, you know, just just being happy and, and seeing everything within um so with us we are we we obviously also are marketing ourselves as a brand right that's what we've been saying since day one we know how to market we know how to brand and we've been saying this since day one right things in the beginning were slow and we told people things would roll off the right way and uh you know for us we have a lot of connections whether it's in the music industry whether it's with an artist actual in real life artists uh you know whether it's athletes and so on when we're really going to push this as a brand to the next level along with the utility that we are providing um, to the people so i could talk a little bit about the float token um by the way can you can you hey, hold up before floating before we keep rolling through just a two three minute intro sure. we're gonna and hit that we pretty well we're, yeah we're gonna keep circling so, through we'll come back to you and hit the token sure. and all the other stuff 100 100 cool. so that's just a quick intro on on everything and then we can take the questions. But can I just request for you to accept uh, Van Dope? He's the co-founder with me. So he's coming up. Oh, sure, from... yeah. He's coming up. So, yeah. Perfect. So just accept him too. So yeah, that's that's technically the basics, the background. And then definitely um, towards the show, we'll definitely talk more about uh, a lot of the other things. Awesome. Thanks for, for jumping on. We'll keep running through here. So that was Floating Apes. Uh, let's head over to Coral Tribe. Coral, thanks for... Uh, hanging out with us, uh, or Crypto Coral, I guess, and uh, give us a quick intro. Yeah, thanks to you, man, for inviting us. Thanks to all the projects for joining. Some amazing names on there. A few that we've uh, spoken with before. Yaku, one of them. I absolutely love what all of you guys are building, even Floating Apes, you have you on the brand. So it's an honest pleasure to be up here with you guys and for being part of this show. And uh, yeah, for those that don't know, we also minted on the 24th at 4 p.m. Uh, absolutely crazy run up, uh, five months in the building. And that went really smooth. We're very happy with how things are going, uh, the type of community that we've built. Um, overall, we're 
kind of focusing on being a project by creatives for creatives, which uh, we're aiming towards being the highest yielding impact collection on Solana uh, with a strong focus on reviving the wild. And what really got to us was when we cracked uh, kind of our business model a few months ago and really uh, directed all the funds, which are 50% of primary and secondary sales funds of our collection going into the impact fund to invest rather than donate on projects that leverage either art or technology to revive the wild. And that investment yielding different types of uh, holder rewards, whether economic, recreational, educational, and so on. And, uh, and yeah, it's been a crazy ride so far. Um, we're getting things rolling as well. A lot of components at play. Um, shout out as well to our artist, Yao. Uh, I really back what Floating Apes are saying. Beyond everything that's going in the background, a collection's art is kind of the starting barrier to that. And, you know, it's what really gets people hooked from the beginning. Uh, Zhao is a leading solar punk artist. Solar punk movement being that of one which explores. It's kind of like... Uh, cyberpunk but with a bit more of an optimistic <laughs> sight on that and it's all about exploring different ways in which nature and uh, civilization can coexist a lot by using technology and renewable energy so we took that as, as an inspiration and then as I said you know a lot of things going on in the project um, focal point is the impact fund which we're working with Kassen amazing guy as well uh, he led the plastic tap campaign with Dijon Trash Panda and we've onboarded him almost uh, kind of full-time as our impact lead. So he's already putting together a board of scientific uh, council, which will be curating the projects that we propose to our community for the impact fund to vote on and reap the rewards, which they can opt in through our native token Aqua. And then also just as floating apes as well, I really like a lot of what you guys are doing and, and saying. We're also going, uh, putting a lot of our focus on our brand, um, and building a brand that's kind of attractive to all. We've got a you know great team, all of which are working full-time on this project now. Uh, one of them being co-founder uh, Christian, which also worked uh, with projects such as Calvin Klein and Versace for their merchandise. So we're looking to really step things up in that regard. And, um, and yeah, a lot of things to talk about, but also a lot of things that I'd like to be listening and, and asking all of you guys. So looking Perfect. forward. Awesome. Thanks for coming up. Uh, I have lots of questions for you guys. Uh, where are you based out of crypto? We're based in uh, Spain at the moment. A lot of the team is based all around the world. The company is based in the UK. Um, okay, but most of the team is based in Spain. Mostly global as well. Perfect. Uh, and really quick, floating, where are you out of? Just out of curiosity. Um, so for me, I'm out in uh, Qatar. I don't know if a lot of people know Qatar. That's where the uh, World Cup is happening. And then co-founder Van Dope is out in Dubai. But I was actually raised in um, in uh, Houston and lived in Toronto for a while. And for Van Dope, he also um, lived in lived in Toronto most of his life. Okay, very cool. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for that. I always like to kind of just get a, fe a feel for where people are at across the globe. And that's one of the fun things about the space is just having this global community coming together and building in unique ways. So um, let's keep rolling through this. We heard from Clo uh, Floating Apes, uh, the Coral Tribe crew. Let's go over to Yaku. And by the way, I know we're still waiting on Commune. I'm trying to DM them uh, on uh, Discord to see what the situation is. If you know those guys, hit them up as well. And let's get them in here. So, um, but yeah, Yaku, over to you. Thanks for, for jumping on. Absolutely. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, everyone. Glad to be here. Uh, great lineup today. Love seeing everyone up here. For those who are not uh, familiar with us at Yaku Corp, we are a 
Metaverse Played Earn Gaming Project, and we are getting there through three collections. So our first two collections are live and available for purchase on secondary markets, and those are our Yaku Engineering Oni SO1 motorcycles, as well as our Capsule X Metaverse Real Estate. And our final mint is taking place this Saturday, the 30th, for our Yaku X avatars. And to get whitelisted automatically for the mint, all you've got to do is hold one capsule and one bike, so a piece from each of our two existing collections, uh, in the same wallet, and that's all you've got to do. We would prefer that you stake them, because staking is live, but it's not necessary. you just got to have them in your wallet. And uh, we are working on building a play-to-earn racing game for the bikes, as well as an open-world uh, metaverse experience. And we will also long-term be doing a bunch of cool stuff, like providing some experiences within that metaverse. We've got some casino partners lined up already. We've got music streaming live in our current beta already through Audius Project. Shout out to those guys. We'll be having invites so you can have your friends over to your space and hang out. Uh, building in proximity chat so you can talk to people in the world as you approach and walk by them and you could say hey to your neighbors so there's a lot to look forward to obviously it's a huge undertaking but we do have a live beta that's out there and we are still looking at realistically for the first launch of the open map as well as the first launch of our racing game at late q3 this year so probably sometime around late september obviously tbd what the exact launch of that is but that's about what we're looking at so it's it's not quite as far away as people think I, one interesting topic i'd love to talk about sometimes I think a lot of people think that the, the metaverse is very far away with this, this abstract idea. And in its true form, I think it is. But these, these first steps towards building that entire experience are happening right now. So that's a little bit about us. And as far as where our team is based out of, uh, we're based all over the place. So I am in the U.S. on the West Coast. And our project leader and founder, uh, Daishizen, and his brother, who's also on our team, Kodama, are both from France. Their Kodama is now in Montreal. And we've got team members in, in Greece. We've got team members in Spain. We're sort of all over the place ourselves as well. So very happy to be here today and very happy to uh, learn some more about some of these projects and say hey to the community. Hey, perfect. Uh, thanks for, for jumping on. I know you were in, I think, Texas recently. Are you, are you out and about now? Where are you at? Yeah, I was. Uh, so funny enough, um, yesterday I was filming a uh, podcast, multimedia sort of uh, web two focused show about web three and dispelling the the rumors and mystique around it that the average person may have and so that was a super fun experience i'm just very excited for that to come out and uh, yeah so we're doing we're doing a little traveling today but it's good you guys are going to get me through it <laughs> awesome uh just stay safe and uh yeah thanks for jumping on i got lots of questions for you uh which we'll circle back with here in a minute so we heard from uh, floating apes coral tribe who's uh hanging out with us as well uh, I always say Coral Chop just because that's the way that your name is set up on, on the Twitter handle. But uh, Crypto Coral, uh, we've got Yaku Corp, uh, Commune. I think we're close to getting them to, to pop in here. So uh, I'm going back and forth with them. I'm like, oh, shit, we forgot. Uh, but uh, hopefully they'll be on here in a few minutes. And then Asylum. So let's go over to um, Parzival. Parzival, good to see you, man. Thanks for coming on. And uh, give us a quick uh, intro with what you're doing with uh, Asylum. Hey, uh, here I am. <laughs> Yeah, it took a while, but I'm here. Um, yeah, so a lot of you guys probably know me from Twitter. Um, I've been on in Solana since August 21, um, tweeting about everything uh, from 
you know, SMBs to uh, now D gods. I'm pretty sure you're seeing me flood the feed with that stuff. Um, but before I became an uh, influencer, I was a chief technology officer at a fintech startup and a founder as well. So I have uh, six years experience uh, developing complicated infrastructure and systems and uh, designing user experience and branding and shipping that uh, to thousands and thousands of users. And, uh, so now I'm taking that to this project, the Asylum, which is minting tomorrow. Uh, Pre-sale will go live tomorrow. And it is a horror-themed metaverse. Um, so we're going to bring a virtual asylum right to your browser using uh, pixel streaming tech, which means if you can watch Netflix on your uh, laptop, you can stream the metaverse. Um, if you meant to key tomorrow, you get access to your own virtual room in the asylum. Um, and again, it's horror, so it's going to be creepy. And lore is the backbone of what I'm doing. Um, you know, in my mind, if we build this and it has no monthly active users, um, then it's a failure. You know, I'm not looking to, you know, launch this project and a token so it has an artificial, you know, $10 billion market cap during a bull run, and then we can all call it a success. In my mind, if nobody has fun and nobody actually uses what we're building, then it's a failure. Um, See, so yeah, I don't know how long that's been, but I can probably go on and on. So, no, it's a good, it's a good intro. And uh, where are you based out of, Parzival? I'm in the U.S. on the uh, East Coast. Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks for for coming on. Uh, I actually minted earlier this week, so I gotta I gotta go get that second one. I think tomorrow is it today or tomorrow. Um, so yeah. somehow. You know, all the hyped, and yours was hyped, obviously, as well. But all the crazy, crazy, you know, mints over the past six months, like, I can never get in there, you know. And yours was, like, impossible to get into just because of all the stuff that was happening uh, with, um, uh, you know, the, uh, what was it, the alerts, the warnings, all that crap. That, nothing to do with you, but with uh, with the wallet, with um, Phantom. But somehow I got in, and I minted, you know. So, anyway, uh, looking forward to digging a little bit deeper with uh, with what you're doing with Asylum. Thanks for, for jumping in. All right, last but not least, we do actually have Commune I3 uh, in the room. So Andrew is on that team. Uh, thanks so much for, for coming up, brother. Uh, sorry for, I guess, the, the disconnect. And uh, what we're doing here, just and you just came in, we're basically doing like a two or three minute intro on each project. We've gone through Floating Apes, uh, the Coral Tribe guys, Yaku Corp, uh, Asylum, and now we're headed over to you with Commune I3. So I know you maybe uh, weren't fully prepped, but um, just give us two or three minutes on the project, what you guys are doing, what makes you different, maybe some uh, a little a bit on the team, and then we can circle back and go deeper with you. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Communa3, uh, we're, we're a technology platform. Uh, we've been developing our software for a couple of years. Uh, we actually built it originally for the Web 2.0 space, principally for game publishers and for people to engage and magnify their communities so they could have information on the, what their community cared about. So they had growth techniques through social media, so they had engagement and mini games and, and a really robust uh, technology system. Uh, well, we found with, with game publishers that they didn't really treasure their community that highly. So we had built a really great tool that, that wasn't getting super fast adoption uh, in that market. And then in November, we discovered the 
uh, Web3 world and realized that we had built a tool set that is actually pretty near perfect for Web3. There are some things we're still adding in terms of features, uh, but we actually already have a really robust technology system that literally sits on top of Discord and it you know, is basically much superior to, hey, tweet this thing out in exchange for a giveaway. It's got full quest lines and reward currencies and social media integrations with, uh, with different platforms. Uh, really powerful system. Well, we launched in Web3 in January. Uh, we immediately picked up customers like YGG and Big Time and Sandbox. Uh, just to focus on one for a second, for the Sandbox, we 34 times their social media engagement, uh, basically instantly. So if you think about all the tweets they've ever done with, you know, Snoop Dogg and all the like 90 days previous, uh, 400 different tweets they did, we came along and were involved in 17 posts and 34 times their social media engagement just by having a technology system and a framework that made it easy for people to be involved and reward them for individual things that they could do, uh, like game quests, but, but social media. Uh, so we transformed their, their, their engagement on social media. Uh, we also created massive spikes in their user adoption and in their user engagement, enough so that it, it changed their strategies like entirely. Uh, we're a pretty big part of stuff they're doing moving forward. Uh, well, I mean, knock on wood, it seems like we are. <laughs> we are so far. I believe we will be in the future as well. Uh, now, what we had not done is we had not really become fully Web3 ourselves. So we're serving these customers. It's everybody else's brand. What we're doing is invisible. And we realized that we needed to launch our own brand. And we needed, we needed to create ownership and advocacy out of people who were in the Web3 space. So we chose to launch uh, on Solana for a bunch of reasons that I don't have time to go into. But uh, And then we went about uh, trying to build our own community. Now, we started our marketing efforts about two weeks ago, a little bit more than two weeks ago. Uh, and we completely blew up. We have you know 80,000 people in our Discord who are humans. We're very aggressively throwing out bots. So we have 80,000 highly engaged humans. Uh, I think we have a lot of traction going into this launch. Uh, which is on uh, next Monday. Uh, and we did all this in about two weeks. Again, both for two reasons. One, because what we're doing in general is pretty awesome. The utility we've given to our, our Mint is pretty darn awesome. And then also because we're using our own technology to promote the stuff that we're doing, which just magnifies whatever else we do. And so this is why we kind of appeared out of nowhere and like no one knew who we were. Well, you know what? We were invisible. If you went and used our software somewhere else, you didn't know it was our software. Uh, you know, we've only been in the space since January. We have had major players since then, but we were invisible. And then when we launched, it exploded really fast because we have both really great utility inside of our projects, as well as great art. We have a really great software and long-term capacity to influence the space and, and make the space uh, better. Uh, but also because we're using our, our own software ourselves, which has helped tremendously. Uh, I'd love to go into lots of other parts like our team and our vision and what we're going to do in the future and, you know, the utility of mad scientists, but that's sort of like where our company came from and, and, and what brought us to today. Yeah. Very unique story. And I think a good, a good intro uh, to what you guys are doing and thanks for, for jumping on. Sorry for the disconnect. Uh, super excited for uh, the mint next week, but yeah, we will circle back and we'll go deeper with each of you guys. We'll, we'll be probably running the show for the next 90 minutes or so. Um, uh, and, and Trader, I'll come back to you and think for a second, like who you want to go to first. Uh, maybe it's Floating, since we started out with them. 
But um, really quick, guys, this is the Morning Mint. I am moon roving. Thanks for jumping in. Retweet the space if you can. Super small space. If you take out, take a look, I think we only have like 10 people in here. But um, <laughs> just kidding. This is my, this might turn into our biggest show. We did a show with uh, Portals, um, Frank with D-Gods, and uh, Drax with uh, Famous Fox Federation last Thursday. I think we, I think listener count got up to live and recorded listener count over 5,000. But I don't think we... 400 plus people in there so this could be our biggest show and may turn out that way uh, obviously we've got such high quality quality high caliber people in here today so super grateful for y'all to jump in and take time to dig dig, dig deep and, and also listen to each other's stories and, and with that if you've got thoughts or comments or questions for each other feel free to jump in i know uh Koopy and i are kind of the hosts here but uh, we'd love to kind of get your take on some of these projects too so if there's things you want to talk about you don't need to raise your hand just feel free to jump in um and really quick we are uh, sponsored by cheddar black games check them out creating NFTs tied in with esports. Uh, I know they're going to be partnering with DAOs in a very unique way. Uh, they'll be minting out probably the next month or so. Uh, they got a platform that's got 50 plus games. They've got one of their advisors. I'm actually advising the, the plan, uh, the, the project, but also is uh, one of the gentlemen um, at, uh, at Twitter who's kind of the head of uh, Twitter gaming. And I think they're adding a couple other pieces to the puzzle, but a uh, pretty lit project that I'm excited about. Cheddar Black Games, and then obviously Yaku Corp is the mint of the week. They're on the show today, uh, the 30th. They're doing their avatars. Grab one of their capsules, grab one of their bikes, and you get whitelisted. So it's as easy as that. Uh, so, Trader, going back to you, anyone you want to start with here from the from the lineup? Um, yeah, so, yeah, we'll start with Floating Apes, I guess. Um, I wanted to dig a bit deeper into, uh, so you talked about kind of the liquidity pool, and um, it's the new cool not to have a liquidity pool um kind of notice that you guys are, are doing raffles i just want to understand kind of the strategy behind that and um how many raffles you're planning to do and if there's any other utility for your token um i know there's quite a few projects that are kind of taking this um strategy at the moment with staking with tokens with no liquidity pool and doing raffles um is is this going to be get saturated um or not and kind of what are, you know what other utility have you got with the token yeah, so um, I'll say my part, and then Van Dope can can also chip in um, with what he wants to add. But um, do I think that the raffle thing is going to be saturated soon? Yes, uh, it's already slowly coming up. Uh, more and more projects are going to um, use that. But to be very honest with you, um, anybody that's a project founder here knows that as soon as you launch, uh, everybody expects the world, right? which I feel like is an unhealthy thing in the world of NFTs because people, rather than being investors who, you know, are looking for the team to deliver on their promises and everything that's on the white paper and roadmap, people are just always eyeing the floor price, right? And this is a lot, something that I talk about a lot, which is, you know, in the end of the day, the floor price doesn't really determine uh, the project uh, value or, or, or what the project is providing because in the end of the day, for us, a lot, like, I would say more than 60% of the sales that happen for us are not from the floor. People love the art and they're just purchasing whatever they like, right? But in the end of the day, we are, you know, we take this as a business. And what we're doing is we're providing value and we have a very, you know, detailed uh, white paper, which we are um, delivering on. But, you know, with with um, with a lot of people, they, they care about a lot about, you know, f things like floor price and sales and things like that. So in the end of the day, they're always expecting in the first 48 hours a ton of announcements, right? So we said, you know, let's kind of um, over-deliver, right? Because 
our plan was not to start our raffles from day one. But, you know, the people want something. They want more. They want to be incentivized to stake. They want to be incentivized to delist. So one of the first things we did, number one, is like we said, staking, which was already unexpected because people were expecting it um, two to three weeks later. Um, we gave the people the previews of the merchandise, which also wasn't supposed to come immediately. We gave them that. And then uh, for the raffles, you know, people people just love raffles. And at the end of the day, the float token, right, its value is in purchasing the merchandise. Its value is in a marketplace that's being created where people will be able to also purchase whitelists through. And also we're creating a drip shop where you can technically put attributes on your NFT and you can purchase attributes with the float token. Um, and then also we're, we have the raffle system. So the raffle system is not actually a strong point, but because people wanted us to deliver so quickly, um, we decided, you know, hey, why not? We'll give you guys incentive. We did this. We went, we purchased all of these blue chips and we said so, so that you guys can see the value of the float token since some of the other things are still being built. And, you know, you guys are so, you know, we're, we live in like a microwave age where everybody wants everything so quickly. We said, why not? And we started um, with with uh, with that. But I feel like in the end of the day, like I said earlier, we are building a brand. And in the end of the day, even, you know, with our connections and celebrities that we know around the world and athletes and musicians, like for me, me, myself, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a manager in the music industry, right? That's also one of the things I do. I manage a lot of big names in the music industry. So I have connections and deals with a lot of these people. But in the end of the day, you know, even when investors, big investors come to me and they say, hey, like, let's preview this. Let's have these people do this or that. I said, you know, in the end of the day, it, it doesn't really make sense for me to to have people that are supporting me like these celebrities. And then they just come out in a video and say, hey, floating apes is the best thing in the world. It, it, it's not organic. It doesn't look right. Yeah, it's so, fake. fake it, it, it looks fake. Even if it's not fake and we're not paying these guys, they're doing it out of love. But it just looks fake. That's not what I'm trying to go for. Right. I'm building a brand. If I'm building a brand, I need to do this the right way. I would rather have them rocking our merch. Right. I'd rather have them rocking our merch, showing something off, you know, flexing the merch, flexing the tees, the hoodies, and all the other merchandise that we will have later on, than, you know, going out and doing things like this. So, you know, at the end of the day, these things take time, but people want everything instantly. So everything that we could do instantly, we've been literally working on the clock the last 40, 48 hours, just delivering announcement after announcement after announcement after announcement, you know? And, you know, it's not the healthiest thing, but, you know, if we are able to do that and that's what the community wants then, hey, you guys want to see that we are actually going to do this and we are going to deliver, then, hey, let's prove that we can literally do this. And we did, you know, 90% of that in the first 24 hours. That was really cool, hey, actually, I'll... cool kind of getting the staking out so fast. Have you have you built your own platform there or are you kind of using a third party for the staking? No, we're, no, we're using our own. We have our own uh, Versal. So for, Very cool. we have a staking site, yeah. We're not, we're not using anyone else's. Cool. So yeah, I mean, um, we can have Van Dope uh, chime in if he has uh, any additions to that to that part, because you know. Hey, Van let me Dope... jump in really quick before uh, yeah. Van. Um, I'll just say that I'm pretty amped up with what you guys are doing. You know, we do the Morning Mint show, we do the Lit Late show, four shows a week. Uh, I've had 550 plus projects on this show going back to October. So, and, and most of those are Solana NFT projects. Um, and once in a while, I'll mint on the show. I've minted a couple just now. I like the art. I like uh, kind of your perspective. I feel like I can pick up on like the, I always call this like the Frank factor. Uh, Frank from Frank Frank from um, uh, D-Gods. So why why does got... everybody always say that to me? 
I, I was saying, well, and there's a couple of guys that are like that, like the guy that spirit is spearheading Atadia. Like he's got a different personality, but he has like this thing that you you can feel like he's going to take his project to the next level. I think you guys have that as well. Anyway, so I'm excited for what you guys are doing, but um, let's, let's I have got other questions for you. But before I do, Vando, do you have any or Van Dope, Do you have Van anything Dope. you want to add? <laughs> Uh, no, he, he pretty much covered everything that I would like to say. Uh, DC is a great speaker. And uh, for me, I would like to say that we have a lot of things I'm working behind the scenes. Um, uh, you guys are going to see some new form of art for a little alpha for you. But uh, we're working on some crazy stuff. Yeah. And I mean, when it, when it comes back to Frank, right, because I've, I've, I've been surprised at the amount of people, even our holders, that keep bringing that up. And I tell people, you know, all respects to Frank. He's a great guy. He's doing great things, you know. And I, and I like how, you know, he turned into the face of um, of D-Gods and people are pushing him and supporting him, which is helping push the brand. But I always tell people, you know, I don't like to compare myself to anybody. I'm building my own legacy. We're building our own legacy. Me and Van Dope have been, you know, working on this for more than five months. This is literally all hard work. We do this with integrity. We do this with loyalty. This is what we stand for. And... You know, in the end of the day, we, we are we are here to, to, to deliver and we're not doing this, you know, for a couple of extra bucks. Like uh, we, we, we have, you know, Van Dope has been doing crypto for six years, making great money over there, which I think is even way more money that we've made than we've made off of this project. And our minting funds, so much of it, so much of it is, is going back to the people like people are not understanding. We are trying to reinvest in the project. Other than the community treasury, we are investing, you know, our own money back into the project. Tell me one project that allows their holders to literally purchase merch only with their token, right? I don't see it. Tell me one project that has the possibility of you having a hoodie with your own NFT on it, where you can flex your own NFT on it, right? There's so many ideas that we have, right? I just don't want to run too long because I want to, you know, give everybody space here and all these other great projects. But, you know... In the end of the day, we are trendsetters. That's what we do. We we are coming up with new ideas, new strategies, new things, and we're bringing something new to the community. And you know, in the end of the day, it's like we say, let's fucking float. Hey, really quick, and then we'll, we'll keep moving through. So, thanks for coming up and, and, and talking. Um, and Andrew, you unmuted. You have a, a quick comment for him? Uh, no, might have just picked up some background noise. Sorry about that. Okay, all good. Um, can you maybe just quickly just break down like the, the value of holding the NFT? Like what does that experience look like for the, the holder? So what are the, what's the value? So number one, right? The float token is the number one value, right? Other than the art, which is amazing. The number one value is going to be the float token. So the float token, what are you going to be able to use it for? Like I said earlier, you're going to number one, be able to purchase merch. Number two, you're going to be able to, um, buy whitelist off our marketplace you're going to be able to go into the drip shop and upgrade your nft with you know new attributes um you're going to be uh, enabled to go into raffles and there's a lot of other things that are in the works and are, are confirmed um but that we did not announce but in the end of the day we are building a brand right in the end of the day bayc when they came out they popped off as a brand why because of their connections how big they were pushing that's what we're trying to do we don't really see anybody in solana doing it I mean, the best two that are doing it on Solana currently are Cats on Crack and OK Bears, obviously, from, from, from the drop yesterday. Um, they've just branded themselves so well, and that's why they're pushing, and it's what we kind of talked about earlier. 
and we are going in the same path but i i honestly honestly believe we can do it better like we re we really do have the connections we really do have the work ethic more than anything and at the end of the day i always tell people hey you know a lot of people tell me hey should i stake for seven days 15 or 30 i tell them hey if you want to stake it for seven days and then see if we're going to deliver or not or if we're really working or not uh, do that if we don't deliver what we're doing go sell go dump whatever you want but at the end of the day if you're here don't keep talking to me about floor price. That's that's not what we're talking about. Talk to me about what I'm not delivering and what you expect and what you want that we can add on. That's what we're doing. We are bringing value to our holders. That's what we are doing. Love it. Yeah, good perspective for sure. Um, Trader, any final questions for Float? No, they not covered everything. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, it sounds very interesting. Floating, thanks for, for coming up. We'll do a kind of a final round at the end of the show, an extra minute or two just to kind of close out. Uh, we've got like 20 people asking, wanting to ask questions, which I'm not going to quite open that yet because I do want to get through the, the other four projects and speak to you guys. As soon as we open that up, God knows where the questions are going to go. So I know I mentioned, hey, ask questions. We'll try to get to them if we've got time. Uh, that'd be the goal. But with 20 uh, in the queue, it may be difficult. So um, let's keep rolling through. So let's, uh, let's uh, spend time with Crypto Coral. Uh, going back to kind of your conversation, it seems like the unique piece about what you guys have built, one, I like the art. Um, two, I think that the team and kind of what you put together uh, is pretty powerful. Three, uh, the whole impact fund, I think, is, is a little bit different, right? So would you maybe just add a little bit more color around kind of the, um, I guess, your experience in uh, impact investing, if you will? And then, you know, what is the overall goal of the impact fund? And third, you know, how does this equate to value for the holder of the NFT? Absolutely. That's a good breakdown to, to start things off. Um, so just with me and my background and, you know, the team has been the most essential thing here. We've always focused on, you know, trying to trying to prioritize getting a team together that has the skills, but also paying even more attention to the attitude to anyone that onboards, you know, and that's kind of proved very successfully for me, just showing the attitude people have, skills can be learned, but attitude is something that is a lot harder to change. And within that, not only comes kind of your work ethics, but also um, integrity, you know, and I think Floating Apes also touched on integrity in the way I see it. In this space, integrity and transparency is now by itself turned into a USP, you know, and even a holder reward. Let's say, you know, having a team executing for you, which communicates and does everything transparently, is just such a peace of mind and so on. So um, in my own experience, I did a bit of work uh, kind of on impact investment on behalf of uh, MasterCard, which invested some money within agricultural businesses in Africa. So I went there as kind of a project outgrower and a bit of tech consultant to work with uh, local companies in Mozambique uh, for a few months. And we were just working on different ways in which we can implement technology and systems to improve the overall sustainability of investments on behalf of MasterCard as well as the UK government. So that kind of opened the doors uh, quite a lot into that field as well as, you know, networks and, and people working within blockchain that I met on there, which was a beautiful experience. And then, you know, other people in the team kind of uh, leaning towards that has been Christian, co-founder as well, a lot of experience within art and um, and um, fashion and so on, but also a lot of talks and and uh, Kassen, as I mentioned, and we'll keep mentioning, he's such a focal point. Um, there's so many components to an NFT collection. You can't expect, you know, uh, two, three people to be able to cover all of them if you want to execute everything to a certain quality standard. And we recognize Kassen as one of the leading people. He's got around 10 years of experience within marine reservation uh, and as well another five years within crypto. So he was so stoked about our project, uh, really resonated with him and 
we're excited to kind of uh, help us lead that space forward within the impact fund. And with the impact fund, what we're doing is we're uh, channeling 50% of primary and secondary sales revenue into the community wallet, uh, multi-sig wallet, which is completely transparent and available to the community to track all transactions through that. And basically what we'll be doing through the impact fund is curating different projects through a council, a scientific council, as well as kind of Web3 council, which will act as a first barrier. And then once the projects are curated, uh, the main characteristics of the impact fund that we're looking for is that projects leverage either art or technology or both in order to revive the world in different ways and generate holder rewards in doing so. So we saw a lot of projects trying to attempt to kind of have a strong environmental focus in, in recent, you know, four months, five months ago. All of them, you know, amazing stuff. They did raise a lot of money, but obviously that's a short-legged uh, run. And that's also something that I learned in my experience in Mozambique. Donating is great and it's sometimes necessary, but, you know, when the funds run out, there's not much more else that you can do. Whereas if instead of donating, uh, the impact is slightly lower, but because of the lower impact, you're able to generate rewards, whether financial, educational, economic, um, you know, recreational, that you can either feed in back into the impact fund or offer to your holders to then opt in through our native token and therefore generate kind of a sustainable business model in doing so. Then that opens the doors to really set an impact in the long term through that. So the impact fund will work around that council as well as well as its own dashboard. Uh, so people can not only kind of vote, discuss and, and choose and, and drive the projects that we propose, but as well visualize the collective impact. Um, a lot of metaverse projects here, which I absolutely love. Um, I'm also quite uh, keen on the idea that there's a lot of new metas and, and people try that we can get into and for developing our metaverse with actual viability would you know, take a lot of funds away from the impact fund so what we are also considering for kind of the version two of the impact fund would be to collaborate with the right metaverse project in order to be able to visualize the entire um, impact that we are able to do collectively um, and that's covering a lot of the impact fund on that regard which also ties in with our staking um, and a part of that, you know, we're also pushing to build a brand because branding as well, um, floating apes touch upon it a lot, you know, but branding is everything in Web3 to some degree. Obviously, you need fundamentals, but without the branding, you're not going to get the collaborations, you're not going to get the investors and so on. So in building that brand, we also hope to, to be able to leverage, you know, the brand that we've built of being a high yielding impact collection, which is pushing uh, the space forward with changing the narrative that, you know, NFTs are just for greedy people trying to get rich and it's like well you can get rich and also you know do other cool shit on the way there um so so yeah impact fund is a big focal point we're also leveraging co-founder christian's skills within merchandise and his networks with calvin klein versace and so on to also try and do something novel within the merch you know we've got a few designs in place and and yeah just enjoying the ride you know the the hectic died down of the weeks ahead it was insane to you know having such um, a bit of an environmental or wildlife focused have gotten so much hype and attention to other projects and maybe you know use all you know tiktok influencers and so on um but we're definitely reaping the results of having grown organically without any pay promotion without any influencers and you can see that within the community i really feel what floating apes has said I, again i resonate with a lot of what you guys say mainly because we probably launched at a similar time but you know we're also managing that uh, dividing within the community of people looking for that instant moon, instant announcement that's going to, you know, make the project blow up. 
and the overwhelming majority, which are actually saying, guys, take take the time, you know, build something strong with foundations. We'd rather staking come out in three weeks and be here for one year or two or three than rolling out staking tomorrow and, you know, coming to, a, to an end within a couple of months. So, so yeah, really reaping the results of the beautiful community that we built through transparency, integrity, a lot of, uh, you know, powerful minds in there that we're looking to also keep working with and overall just keep pushing art and technology to find different ways in which we can um, kind of support environmental projects, all of which while reaping rewards for wholeness. And do you have any uh, any kind of impact projects that are sort of in the pipeline or uh, um, that you think you're going to go with first? Or Yeah, so in that regard, we've obviously got a few that we're crafting already and that we started crafting before launch. Um, however, we had a, quite an interesting instance in which we already had one project, very cool project lined up with an artist that I, I just won't uh, kind of say his name, but because we announced all of our plans that we were going to do with that artist, uh, quite a similar project ended up working with that artist in the meantime, right? Just because we announced that before having a formal contract and so on. So that was a lesson learned. And luckily we learned that lesson a month ago or two months ago when we were just trying to give validity to it. So currently there, there's a lot of projects, um, Kassin again, leading those projects or that curation of projects has immense amount of connections with some of the biggest institutions out there, the Nature Conservation, WWF and so on. But lesson learned, you know, we're going to be defining what to expect but we'll only be releasing and actually introducing the projects once they're set in stone and ready to execute. Okay, understood. And, and you mentioned kind of rewards back to the users. So what sort of reward as a holder could you expect from, from one of these projects? Absolutely. So in part, it will be uh, economic rewards when possible. Our whole idea is to take a bit of a holistic approach and you know be able to tackle different kinds of projects in different uh, forms and shapes. And therefore, the rewards will also be amended uh, accordingly to that now rewards could be either royalties so you get access to a percentage of the royalties which one of the investments can make we're looking into eco homes as well and uh, potential access towards those eco homes as well as memberships access to you know we're really uh, fond of the idea that a lot of the impact and change can come from hands-on practical uh, investments but also focusing and, and recognizing the power of art as well right to drive emotion to create that kind of paradigm shift and cultural shift in people's mentality. So also working with artists to develop different uh, kind of one-on-one collections with a you know, strong focus on, on nature and or things related to it. Um, so it could be access to that, uh, free airdrops from that art, uh, royalties from investments that we curate, um, as well as memberships from any of the partners that we make along the way, which ideally we also want to try and focus on bridging people between Web3 and kind of the physical world in doing so. Cool. And what's the sort of timelines do you think to get the first projects on board? Yeah, so again, uh, that's kind of what we're managing now and you know something that we've kept iterating within our community and, and we, we want to be quite kind of um, uh, stuck on is, is the idea that we're not willing to roll out something just to please you know people that are expecting that instant flip. That's not how we marketed and, and, and all that. Having said that, obviously our team, core team, is all working full time on this project and giving it all that we can to do it as soon as possible. So with the um, curation or the council of the uh, scientific council, that's something that we believe within the next weeks we'll already have some some pretty good names on there. We did uh, quite a lot of Twitter spaces with some amazing uh, biologists, you know, scientists, uh, tech, uh, Web three people, 
and they all seem to be very keen to be part of this. So um, the council should be ready to roll out within a few weeks. And in the meantime, obviously, we'll be developing that impact fund dashboard to be able to roll that out. Um, and then as soon as that council set and the dashboard's done, that's when the proposals can come out in line with the staking in order for people to generate aqua native token to be ready to uh, opt into whatever benefits we roll out. Cool. Sounds good. Looking forward to um, seeing how things progress. Hey, one more question for you for me is the uh, the Punk Academy, the Solar Punk yeah. Academy, just the empowerment piece. Can you maybe just quickly in, in 60 seconds speak to that? Absolutely. So Solar Punk Academy overall, as I said, is this idea or this movement about, um, you know, how can we craft a future where nature and, and humans can coexist? A lot of the focus being placed on the use of technology and renewable energy and, you know, again, playing to our strengths. Uh, any article that you look online uh, regarding Solar Punk Academy, you'll probably see our artist Jao uh, Gatos's work as a reference and he's one of the leading solar punk artists and then a part of that Christian one of the co-founders also has a lot of experience with things that relate to that whether permaculture sustainable uh, sustainable merch and so on so again building on that holistic approach that we want to take towards driving our community to this common goal that we now have one of the focuses that we also want to put a, a lot of attention to is the education and educating anyone that wants to um, you know, receive that education. So we'll be working on uh, kind of structured and gated workshops and, and, and events and so on in real life and online in order to, to allow people and invite them to keep exploring this solar punk movement in different ways. Uh, obviously, holders will get free access to all of that, but that would also add an additional utility once everything is placed for non-holders wanting to opt in into specific events. No, I love it. I mean, one of the cool things about this whole NFT market, uh, going back to like kind of the onset of the movement, uh, has just been the empowerment piece globally, right? Whether it's art, whether it's you know tech, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's really opened up the opportunity for people in all places and areas and all skill sets to come together and create something awesome, right? Breaking down barriers, and so it's always nice to see um, like you know a piece of empowerment in the roadmap. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. thanks for coming up, man. Thanks for, for telling the story. Good to see you guys. No, absolute pleasure. Thanks a lot, man. All right, as we continue to, to roll through, this is the Morning Mix Show. I am uh, Moon Roving. Thanks for jumping on, you guys. Through, we are presented by Games. Check those guys out. And then Yaku Corp is our mint of the week. Uh, but let's go over to Yaku Corp now. So Yaku Corp um, has been around for, for quite a while. I forget exactly when you mint on the project for, for quite a while. They got their avatars that are minting on the 30th. And I, I do want to um, maybe just give you the platform to kind of talk a little bit more about the cyberpunk and the metaverse that you're building. Uh, and then I, I did want to kind of dig a little bit into just the, the whole uh, racing game piece, which doesn't come out until September, but uh, that's a pretty cool uh, piece of the, of the roadmap that I have interest in. Uh, and then on top of that, the, uh, the, the, um, the avatars and then kind of their role. But before we get to those, just maybe give us a glimpse of just like, what is the overall vision for Yaku Corp? Why are people excited about it? And why should folks in the room here, you know, go out and grab a capsule and grab a, a bike and, and, and then go mint uh, an avatar on the 30th? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first I want to say uh, it feels incredible to be in Solana right now with how the OK Bears mint has been doing. Obviously, there are new people entering Solana. Uh, it also is, is super cool to me. You know, ordinarily this time for these Twitter spaces is a fairly, I would say, contested time slot. It's really popular. It hits a lot of the different time zones across the globe nicely. So people are awake and, and available. And we've got, you know, over 600 people in here and the Catalina whales are doing their high tide uh, weekly whale 
spaces that's got over 500 people in it. So, uh, and then there's another one with uh, Moduloc or Enviro that they've got almost a couple hundred people in there. So it's, it's just super cool to see how engaged people are in the space right now. We're in such a good, good spot and that's really exciting. So I just wanted to say that it just a little, little moment of reflection there, but uh, anyway, so for, for our project, um, yeah, as, as Moonrubbing was saying, we have three total collections and they saw all sort of interweave and work together to add different experiences and utilities within the metaverse that we're building. And I think that that is really the, the key overarching thing that is our aim is to provide this experience. You know, uh, yesterday I was I was involved in a program that's aimed at Web2 people trying to dispel the myths of Web3 being a fraud, right? Because the average individual sees you know, the board Ape Yacht Club selling for six figures and it doesn't resonate. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. They, they inherently red flags go up and they say, there's got to be something wrong here. This has got to be money laundering. I, I can't quite put my finger on it. But I think as, as we can sort of get new people onboarded and explain, you know, what is the underlying utility, one, to the blockchain and two, to NFTs particularly, uh, that they'll understand why these particular you know, legacy brands are also valued the way that they are. And so for us, some of the experience we're trying to build are experiences that are tangible to the everyday person who is not super deep in Web3, as well as experiences that resonate, particularly with those who are really involved in the space. And so a, a great example I've been trying to use lately to just explain, you know, what is the metaverse? What is the importance of it? Why should we care? Uh, coming out of this last year, in COVID, when there was so much social distancing, it's so important to find other opportunities to connect with friends, family, loved ones. And it's also a unique opportunity when you're doing that digitally to connect with people you may not have an opportunity to connect with otherwise in your everyday life. So a great example I've been using is, you know, imagine you're, you're on quarantine and your buddy's sick and locked away or, or in a more extreme scenario, you know, maybe your buddy has been deployed in the military, right? And is overseas. And ordinarily on Sundays, you watch the new episode of Attack on Titan together. And because of this social separation, you're not able to. Well, the metaverse solves for that, where you're able to physically, you know, meet together and have that same shared experience with one another, just with the added benefit of after you've had that experience, now you can go out and ride on your souped up motorcycle, you know, that's got crazy weapons on it. And you can play to earn for some tokens that are able to do things like uh, purchase uh, coming up very soon in our project in real life experiences, because again, we're about experience, uh, as well as create, you know, custom assets for yourself to be able to go shopping for other collections that are available within that metaverse. So I think I think trying to tie in, you know, these things that are tangible and understandable for people that are not necessarily deep in the space so that we can continue to grow the space as well as provide unique opportunities through staking through tokenomics and things right that, that get people that are in web3 really excited so what um what does the experience of the of the racing look like yeah, absolutely. So the racing game uh, is something that we've been working on like continually in the background so one thing, if you are involved in our project at all, there's there seems to be probably like three or four of us that are the most involved in the Discord, but that's not really indicative of how big the team has gotten. So we've been quietly hiring people throughout the previous few months, and we're up to now, you know, a handful of people who are strictly Unreal Engine devs. We've got a couple of specifically Rust devs. In addition to that, you know, we've got several 3D modelers, and the things that have been getting worked on in this entire experience, you know, as we work on our avatars, as we roll out this staking platform is specifically the open map of the racing game. 
And so we, we kind of refer to the racing game as like a DJ Mario Kart, right? And uh, so you'll be able to race for our, our token Yaku, of course. But the way that it comes into play, similar to Mario Kart, right, is we have these weapons. The weapons will be usable within the racing game, right? So you can kind of like try to blast your opponents off of the track. You'll be able to use Yaku to upgrade your bikes. So as you race and earn, you'll be able to use that token to upgrade your engine parts, upgrade your weapons, change how your bike looks. You know, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for customization. And I think that as we roll on and we kind of get feedback on that experience, we'll sort of roll out things that are a little more uh, complex than what will be the first iteration of it, right? So I think long-term we'll probably have ELOs and similar other competitive games that are out there, right? So that you're not necessarily matched up with someone that is precipitously ahead of you, you know, and has got a, an item that's significantly more uh, fine-tuned and fast and with significantly greater weapons. Uh, or you can go into like a free-for-all mode where you don't know how, how crazy the opponents you have are going to be, right? So I think that that's the, the sort of frame of reference is a sort of DJ Mario Kart. The trick there, though, too, what we're kind of testing out is what does it look like on a closed course that always exists versus trying to do something right that exists within the metaverse, similar to like some of the cool Formula One races you see in the real world, right, where they'll lock down city streets for a while. I think that the city streets option is a little more difficult just because we do have an open world experience. So trying to figure out what's the best way to sort of lock down a course and, and it's functionally, right, like cut off people who are experiencing the world from their travel patterns and things that they're used to, I think is maybe a little difficult. So I think we're leaning towards that sort of closed course experience. But I think anything is also possible. We're not ruling anything out, right? And, and with the with metaverse that you're building, is is the intention to partner with other metaverses as well? Or, you know, you talked about kind of racing in streets and things like that. I mean could you kind of race in downtown in portals or something like that? Have you, have you kind of looked into that sort of thing? So it's really difficult, right? Like the, the big barriers right now are one that a lot of us are building on different bases. So we're unreal engine, whereas portals is building on unity for the browser and ours will be a downloadable app. Right. And so, those two things do not communicate together well. Now, granted, of course, we love portals um, and we would love to work with them as well as all these other projects that are out there. And we have some that we have talked to and that because they are building on Unreal Engine, it's significantly easier for us to integrate. We've got that conversation kicked off. But uh, to answer your question, we will be able to have like access between a lot of these different metaverses, but it won't be to that degree where I could like race my bike from metaverse one to metaverse two in a race, if that makes sense. Okay, cool, cool. And is there going to be any um, any sort of uh, gambling on the outcome of the races or anything like that? Or oh, absolutely. Of course, we're all actually degenerates in this space, right? So, of course, you're going to be able to gamble. Um, and there, there's a really good thing there because there's a lot of speculation in the space right now around, like, gambling versus wagering. And it's a very particular difference uh, with regards to, like, the potential of legality long term. So, in this instance, since you are truly in control of the outcome of the race and it's skills-based, it's, it's considered skills-based wagering rather than gambling, which for, for whatever reason, whoever decided that they wanted to pull out their quill and pen ink, right, and, and <laughs> write these, these laws with this specificity, uh, that skills-based wagering is like, a big, it's like a big deal. So, yes, people will be able to bet on their own races as well as spectators being able to bet on those races uh, themselves too so we're going to be having like some big events that we're calling like the yakushima championship where the winner of the championship will have like a, a myriad of large prizes available to them 
Uh, but I think it'd be cool to have like race weekend, right? Where people make it an event at the championships and you can show up and like place your bets on who you think is going to be the best. And of course, you'll also have like the history of that particular racer, right? And whether or not they've done well. So it'll kind of create a, a nice little uh, air of mystique around it. I think it'll be cool. People will kind of get some reputations for being badass racers. Hey, Yaku, I've got some really good ideas for you with uh, with that kind of setup and that experience. We can catch up uh, offline. Uh, maybe some some partnerships as well with some other projects, but um, you know, thinking about the experience of the, of the racing itself, there was a game back in the '90s. If you're old enough, that was called Road Rash. Oh yeah, <laughs> is this like different, but like you know, kind of resembles that to some extent? Yeah, I think that there's there's definitely some overlap there, 100. <laughs> percent It's funny because I had not even previously thought of that, but as soon as you brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, there's gonna people who are who are good at road rash are gonna have a good understanding of this. <laughs> I want to be able to pull out my chain and just start whipping that chain around, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I guess my last question is just the you know, there's so many metaverses out there. You know, what type of experience are you trying to create for people that are, are spending time in, in, in your metaverse specifically? I know you've got the gamings, uh, the gaming piece of it. I know you're trying to onboard um, certain businesses. You know, what, what is the, you know, the I guess high level, uh, what, what type of experience do you want people to have when they're spending time in Yaku over time? Yeah, I think the, the high level experience is one that is fun and engaging and unique. Uh, I think one of the things that there's, weirdly like a, a saturation in metaverse plays that are out there right now because so many of them are trying to accomplish the same thing right this sort of like high fidelity mimicking real life look and feel and so i think that as more and more come out having your own like specified look feel and theme is going to be really important you know uh, i i love ideas that are unique and i think that we were like the first quote you know cyberpunk styled and themed metaverse project that was out there and so we're working on like building out the lore behind the world and being able to create like some cinematic content uh around that that we hopefully want to lead into like some more long-form content uh, i keep joking like when yaku verse anime but that might happen uh <laughs> but i think that's i think that's a big thing you know i want to create the experience that sticks with someone in their mind because it's it's unique it's fun and there's a lot of opportunity uh do you mind jump if i jump in quickly i got a question yeah. for you. i'm quite keen because we've touched we touched on uh on branding and integrity quite a lot you know in uh, floating apes and, and me as well and obviously metaverse projects are in a very interesting position where you know your success depends a lot on the amount of traffic and, and users obviously the quality of that no but the amount of users the more um, members active members within your metaverse the more the opportunities and more people can relate to one another so I guess a lot of your business model uh, revolves around onboarding other collections to have their own headquarters and so on there. So I'm interested in seeing how do you see kind of that branding association with projects that you onboard into your uh, metaverse project affecting your own? You know, do you think there's a lot of like filtering that you need to do on your end to verify, you know, certain things about a collection before onboarding them? Do you think that, you know, if you onboard a collection and that collection for whatever reason does, you know, certain things that are out of line and so on, do you think that, you know, can potentially have a backlash in that or? Yeah, definitely. I, I think it depends on in what capacity we bring them on. So there, there's a few different things we're doing. Uh, our growth model for actual user count is, is 
squarely based around onboarding these other collections. And that is just through integrating their avatars. So essentially any collection out there that is going to have a 3D version of their avatar or you know their entire collection, or they may have like one default for a time, right? Uh, onboarding those, that's that's directly how we want to grow. Like long-term, the, the picture of downtown Yakuverse would be you're walking through the streets and there's people racing by on their bikes and these bikes are being operated by, you know, everything from DJ and apes to dino dogs and uh, jungle cats. Right. And so with that regard, I don't think that we're super concerned about it because it's sort of a, we'll do that for anybody thing. It's a standard protocol. It doesn't cost anything. We'll just integrate your avatars. No worries for people that we get more long-term involved with. I think that, yes, obviously there, there's the potential for backlash. Obviously we're, we're trying to do our best due diligence, but if we miss something and there's something that happens that can 100% negatively reflect on us um, with regards to like the towers and stuff. So those are a, a paid asset. Uh, we of course talk to them and talk through, you know, what are the things that you would like to include in this? Uh, we work with them on a one-to-one -one basis to build out sort of the experience that they're looking for. But I think for, for that, is it the paid service? That's also, I mean, it gets, it gets in the, in the weeds, right. Of like, okay, well, would you sell to anybody? And it's like, well, probably not. Cause it would re reflect poorly potentially on us as well again. Right. Uh, but no, I think, I think it's, it's a fine line to walk for the, for the avatars. I'm not super concerned about it. If you've got the correct file types and you want to be included, like we're happy to include you uh, for, for bigger collaborations. I think, yeah, I can definitely 100% reflect poorly. Like we're doing some stuff uh, as an example with fellowship doubt, which is not a bad one. They're great. <laughs> we're, we're working on a Yaku university together for like online learning opportunities that are a little more collaborative in the metaverse. Right. Uh, I think if we were to take on something like that with a project that turned out poorly, that, that, that could really, really put a damper in our, in our sales. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all about collaboration, but I was just keen on, on hearing your thoughts because, you know, within Metaverse projects, collaborations go a lot deeper than what you see in other collections. So, it's yeah, it's always interesting to see how you filter out and use your own criteria, I guess, to decide who to onboard. Well, especially, like, you think about if you're if you're making announcements around, like, look at this great partnership we have rolling out. And then after, you know, you get everything signed and you're like, here's the partnership we're doing and the honeymoon phase is over and all of a sudden, like, communication starts to dwindle right and like things aren't really being delivered I, even that alone if you're not delivering an experience that you promised you would deliver on that can that can be a huge hit to your credibility right yeah yeah absolutely love it yeah thanks for the response man all right yaku thanks for coming up good luck with the mint on the uh, the 30th um any other further questions uh from you trader you wanted to hit with yaku no i covered everything it's good perfect all right, let's keep rolling through. We got Commune and Asylum uh, up next. So let's go over uh, back to Andrew with uh, Commune. Was it Commune 3? Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> yeah, Commune 3. Yep. Commune 3, okay. Yep. So uh, obviously you've got a, a really strong team. You know, you've got a, a, a business that's already been up and running. You wanted to kind of bring the community into the fold and, and kind of, I guess, make them a, a part of, of the movement. But at the same time, that helps you kind of tap into this whole uh, NFT ecosystem. Would you, I know it's been almost an, uh, an hour now since you kind of uh, opened up, but maybe just refresh the room as to kind of high level what you guys are doing. Um, and then secondly, I would just be curious as to like, what is the role of the NFT holder? And then what is the value kind of long-term? Right, yeah. Um, all right, so first, yeah, I'll go back to kind of our origins. Um, our CEO, uh, Brandon Byrne, he uh, he was a principal at Curse, which was a major uh, community company. They they both fostered communities and they bought communities in the gaming space. 
And then he also helped to create one of the first esports teams, uh, which is now called Team Liquid. So when Brandon left Curse, he had a vision that, hey, look, conventional marketing, conventional advertising, Salesforce, digital ads, TV commercials, these are all things of the past. Really what the future is going to be, it's going to be community-based. It's going to be influencer-based. People telling people about things. He believed this very strongly because in the gaming segment he was in, in the company he was in, he just kind of got to see all the behind the scenes of how things were driven. Like, And so, so he believed community and, and influencers and groups of people and word of mouth was the future. And that all of the old style advertising and marketing and aggregation was just going to go away, right? Re replaced by this superior model of community. And so I was one of the first people he recruited. He, he, uh, he had to convince me like many, many long hours that, that his crazy notion was a good idea. Cause first I'm like, whatever, like there's ads, who cares about community? Well, he, he was, he was diligent and he was forceful. He was like, I'm going to make this happen. So we set about building technology to help empower community. Now, that was a few years ago. Uh, we raised uh, $9 million in the Web2 space. We have a team of 41 people, and we have been actively building and deploying and, and iterating on community and influencer solutions to help drive marketing from a community standpoint, but also drive engagement, also drive management, drive visibility, make it so communities wouldn't be dependent upon a single social media platform like, like Twitch or YouTube or Discord or Twitter. Uh, so that you can actually move your community from one to another, like because you actually have management tools over it. So this is the vision of what we've been working on for uh, for several years uh, before we discovered Web3. When we discovered Web3, really the experience was this. He and I were shoved on a plane and told to go to this place called NFT.NYC. And I'm like, what is an NFT? And someone explained it to me. Uh, and then they explained it to me again and they taught me how to spell it. And I'm like, okay, NFT, I think I understand what this is been seeing this in the news we get on this plane <clears throat> we go to nft.nyc we land <clears throat> we walk around brandon's wearing a suit people are like laughing at him because he's wearing a suit uh we walk around and eventually i get in a conversation and i show somebody what it is we're doing and they go oh my god like what's your roadmap uh wh when are you when are you dropping your mint uh how long is it gonna take for you to build this if your mint goes well and I go, no, no, this, this is already built. Like we, we built this. We actually, we, we started building this thing two and a half years ago. Uh, and this is the latest thing that we've built. This is, it's powerful. It's great, but it's built already. And they go, yeah. So, so, so when is alpha going to be available? When can someone actually use the software? I'm like, no, we have customers already. Like software is already out there. Like <clears throat> we're working on it. It's actually in a, it's in an open beta right now. You know, it's, it's been an open beta for, for about a year. Uh, and, and people are just shocked because it looks and feels exactly like what web three needs. So we went back to the next convention, which was uh, Decentral, and I visited 30 booths, and I showed 30 people what it is we were doing. Uh, I opened up, I did demos, I showed screenshots, uh, went into the details with, with 30 different booths, and I got 38 people who really wanted to be customers because they all said the same thing. Community is everything in Web3. Uh, and the reason I had 38 and not 30 people who were wanted to be customers from visiting 30 booths is eight people overheard me talking to those 30 booths. And these are, you know, 30 of the top companies in the space. Every single one of them said the same thing. Community is everything. Uh, I even got it from, I mean, like, I started being like, okay, there's a commodity exchange. They don't care about community, do they? Nope, they care about community. If you're a commodity exchange in Web3, you care about community more than Epic or EA does. Because I've talked to Epic and EA, and they care, but they don't recognize it as a core of their business. But if you're in Web3, it is. So we realized that we had, 
built <laughs> this tool knowing this would be the future, but everyone else is slow to be the future. Web3 is the future. We both became, you know, huge advocates. Our company started to shift its DNA to be like, okay, how do we, how do we be the, the front end of this? Because our, our vision has always been, we need to replace Salesforce, right? We, we need to be this thing of the future that is the infrastructure that drives communities. We need to empower communities, help them grow, help them foster themselves, help them collaborate with one another. Uh, so that's the future. Okay, well, the future is now being defined by Web3. So that means we need to be Web3. So we rebranded. The name is Communa3 because it's community with a three. That's just like, <laughs> like, okay, what do we do for a brand that marketing 101, how do you associate your name with what it is you do? What we do is we do community and now we do it in Web3. Uh, I don't return phone calls anymore from people in Web2. They're slow. It's, it's harder to get results for them. In Web3, it's been amazing. Uh, and then, as I mentioned before, we had a, a great on-ramp of early top customers. Uh, we've had amazing results for those top customers. And only, uh, only very recently did one of our advisors come to us and say, hey, listen, someone's going to take a screenshot of what you're doing. And they're going to go and they're going to launch a great project because people are going to love the screenshots of what you're doing. Not the reality of what you've already built, which took years, but the screenshots of it. They're going to go raise money on it, put out a roadmap. And then say, hey, come and invest in this. And then you have two problems. One, you've created a competitor. And I go, yeah, I don't care about that. Like, like we're, we're in a new space. There's no competitors. We're all, we're all trying to succeed. If someone builds something cool, great. Like, I, I don't feel competitive with that. Like, that doesn't scare me at all. Well, then he says the second thing, which is when they do this, they will create a community of advocates. And their thing will be much better known than yours. And everyone will know and talk about what they're doing. And you will be even more invisible than you are now. And I went, oh, wait a second. Yep. We have not yet <laughs> fully adopted Web3 until we've created our own community. The fact that we're this invisible technology, that's not the Web3 way. We need to, we need to bring in owners from the community. We need to actually you know, uh, create a community, give them a share of what we're doing so they will be passionate and they will be involved. And that has been <laughs> even more effective than we thought it was going to be instantaneously as we started to do even more demos to people in the community and show what we're doing and, you know, get people involved in our actual system. The response has been amazing because people are like, yeah, this is the future of web three. So that, so the technology has helped us grow, but also the nature of the technology in the future has been one of the biggest drivers. And then what we decided to do for our drop was very simple. We're like, you know what? We want community advocates who are like owners. We're going to give out a massive allocation of our, uh, of our coming token drop later in the year, uh, we're going to give out 10% of our token to our mad scientist holders. Uh, now we did that to keep it very simple. And so that it would just be a very strong financial incentive of, if you believe where we're going, owning a mad scientist gives you a big piece of that. That is a huge incentive to own a mad scientist, but our utility doesn't stop there because we actually have lots of different things that we are both already doing and can do to add more utility than mad scientists. Like we can have it be that our customers, we haven't gone out and asked customers this yet, but, but I know how they'll respond. Uh, like I've got one right now, one, one play to earn company right now is like texting me while I'm on this, while I'm on this uh, Twitter space, uh, that, that a mad scientist can get a multiplier of rewards when they go to uh, someone else's instance. So you go to Sandbox's instance, or you go to Big Time's instance, or you go to, you know, uh, Ethermon's instance, or you go and you're part of the YGG guild. And you're trying to earn, you know, experience points or tokens or whatever it is, the system they have built out of our technology. Well, 
a mad scientist can go and get a multiplier on that. Now, why is that good for uh, the other community? Because they want that traffic. They want the mad scientists to come over and be a part of what it is they're doing. Uh, and that's just one of the utilities that, that we actually don't talk about a whole lot. There are uh, three more really interesting things we can do with these mad scientists, especially uh, as we're in, embedded into all these different projects. Our quest system you know, allows people to do different social media actions, uh, different actions in exchange for reward. So we didn't know this until a couple months ago, but we invented the first engage to earn system. So if you think of play to earn, you go and you have an experience, you can, you can earn. And the hope of a play to earn game is really that, that some people will like this game enough that they will spend money. Some people can earn, but also you get to own your own stuff. In engage to earn, it actually creates more of an immediate value exchange. Because somebody can come and they can follow somebody and they can retweet and they can join a Discord and they can go be involved. This is the stuff that all Web3 companies want someone to do. But we track that. We know that's happening. We know you recruited your friend. We know your friend came and bought an NFT. Uh, we know that you did, we did, you did a retweet. We know that you followed. And for each of those steps, you earn a reward. And that reward is part of an exchange. That, that's why it becomes engaged to earn. So... I feel like I'm jumbling all kinds of concepts together. I'm trying to race through all this because the time is short and there's a lot to cover. Uh, so that brings us to <laughs> our mad scientist stacking in a lot of utility, giving a lot of our IDO value. Uh, and this was to create advocates that has gone so well, it became intertwined with a second initiative that we have, which is that we started to convert our customers from being what are called SaaS customers, software as a service, uh, where they basically sign a contract and then they pay us a certain amount of money per month, right? A basic instance of our software costs $5,000 a month. Well, we decided to convert as many of our customers as were interested into instead buying an NFT so that they could own a piece of our company. They could own a software license. They could trade it to somebody else. It costs more than, you know, your monthly fee. It costs about 20 months worth of service. But we had customers who believed in what we're doing who were super big fans. So we're like, you know what? We'll sell you an NFT. So we created the second collection called uh, Labs. And we really went out to only sell them to our clients because our clients were like, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Like, we love your product. Totally, we'll buy an NFT. Now it's an asset that we own. We kind of own a piece of your company. This sounds great. Well, we went to go sell our labs while we were queuing up our marketing for uh, the mad scientists. The mad scientist marketing went so well in our first you know, four days that suddenly people found out about our labs and investors came banging down our doors to buy our labs too. And now we just sold out our lab collection before we even did our first mint. <laughs> we have 50 labs and we just finished selling the 25, the 25th lab yesterday in like four days. Uh, all the labs cost $100,000 each. They give you access to this, what is now a really kind of exclusive and awesome DAO. Uh, but it also gives you a software license for, uh, for Community 3. And you can rent that to somebody else. So you can just use it to collect money. Or you can uh, use it yourself. Uh, and people are doing a real mix of kind of all those things. So in the process of all those investors coming on, they brought with them a lot of people who wanted to use our software, as is our new community. And now we have a backlog of people who want to use our software that, I mean, we're basically just going to shut our sales down, uh, which is going to make my life nice. We're not going to bother doing sales anymore. This is the way for us to find people in Web3 we should be working with. Now they're just coming to us. We have a line out the door to use the software uh, and we're going to basically onboard customers in this order of like, okay, you have a lab. Okay, great. You get to be the first customer onboarded. 
Uh, and then, okay, you were recommended by someone with a lab. That's a customer onboarding. And then you're recommended by a mad scientist. Okay, that's another customer. And then, you know, when the CEO for Decentraland finally gets back to me because, you know, he's been non-responsive for a little while and he's like, hey, I want to deploy your software. I'm like, yeah, you, you got to get in line or you got to go find one of these guys over here who own a lab to, to rent to you. Uh, and that's a really fun place to be. It's been a really, uh, you know, embracing Web3 has has transformed our company from being a really successful company that, you know, we raise $9 million, we have 41 employees, we have, you know, three offices and lots of successful customers, but we didn't have a brand. And the second we changed ourselves to Web3 and, and embraced it properly with this community drive and with these NFTs for labs, uh, it wasn't about getting more money because that, that wasn't what we needed. Uh, it was about market adoption. It was about awareness. It was about advocacy. It was about taking people and, and bringing them in as owners. And that has, in the blink of an eye in two weeks, transformed our business uh, and shown us, you know what, like this whole goal of, of replacing Salesforce and being this infrastructure, it's now like just around the corner, right? Uh, we used to be thinking, well, it's going to be three years until, you know, we're really of this level of scale. Well, now we're like, okay, actually, is this going to be a year? Like, how, how long does it take until we, our software is, you know, fully scalable and everyone's using it? Okay, that's nine months, right? Uh, so it's been an incredible journey, this transformation into Web3. I, I think it's going to be a sort of case study for companies that, that are ready to be Web3 for how they can transform themselves. Most companies are not ready. I mean, they don't know what, like, they're not like us, but, but uh, I think when there, there are going to be a few companies out there that are established that, that are, that get it, that will be able to follow part of our roadmap to help them become more Web3. Okay. Sorry. I crammed so many things in there. I'm just trying to rush and get through all this stuff. It's amazing. Um, I mean, you've got a, a, just a ton to say there, a ton to share. I mean, obviously a very unique project. Uh, just different than fo from what we normally see on the show, right? So super, super grateful for you and everybody else. Actually, all, all five of these projects are, are very different and unique in their own way. Um, the, and I was hearing about the labs. People were tweeting, oh, this is crap. I can't believe they're selling those things directly to company. I mean, and I wasn't sure what the story was. So you totally cleared that up and that makes, you know, 110%. Um, uh, sense to me. So thanks for uh, sharing that bit as well. That was one of my questions, actually. You know, I, I can tell you right now in my Discord, I have 12 people here uh, who missed their chance to buy a lab. Uh, one of these is uh, probably more influential than the, the top person who bought labs, which was HGE. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, we made an incredible financial proposition for the lab owners. Which is it, it is tied to existing revenue, like it, it actually you can rent it, and you're you're it's like buying a house where there's already a renter, uh, but also it's a piece of our business, and that combination uh, has been <laughs> has been surprising with how fast it moved. I mean, we we were planning on selling these to customers like one a week. We're like, okay, yeah, we have a lot of customers; they're slow. Uh, it's fine. Like we're just going to sell one of these a week and slowly convert our customers. But uh, but we underestimated the sort of like. Uh, visibility and attention to the future that a lot of the leading investors have where they're they're looking very carefully for okay what's gonna what's gonna move what's important and so we weren't even trying but they just found us uh because they're out there looking for for what you know what's going to be the future so as far as and you kind of hit on this a little bit but you know for the normal guys like me 
and others in the room that uh, may have a whitelist, may not, you know, maybe buy on secondary right after um, it gets listed. You know, you talked about, I think, the IDO. I think I maybe heard you say that. But what, what is like the short-term, mid-term, long-term value play for, for us and like the revenue share and, and all that stuff as far as being part of, quote-unquote, the business build and benefit? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we have our token drop that will be uh, uh, prob- probably in either December or in January. Uh, and so for our token drop, we are allocating 10% of that to the mad scientist holders. So there's 5,001, uh, mad scientists and, uh, uh, they're going to get 10% of that allocation, which, uh, I believe is going to be a pretty big number. Uh, so that's the first fundamental utility that we built in. And we thought, okay, from a financial standpoint, people come and look at our business. are going to say, yeah, that this makes a lot of sense. Uh, we did underestimate the amount people would recognize what our software would do uh, to to the average person, to the average uh, community. Uh, so there are a lot of communities that should be onboarding that are quite cool communities that are going to be onboarding to using our software that will, I think, further demonstrate like the longevity of the software and why that why the IDO uh, and the the token drop are are really uh, uh, going to be significant. Uh, so there is. Uh, other utility in the mad scientist, I think I mentioned, you know, a, a, a uh, increase in rewards. Uh, we have a, a series of different uh, bots and, and functions that we will also be dropping in various ways. Uh, most of those, a lot of those will relate to the mad scientists. Uh, so we're a, we're a pretty uh, robust and extensive development team. Uh, you know, we, we build enterprise solutions, but we look around and go, wait, hold on, there's no there's not really any like security solutions here. There's not, you know, there's, you know, me six is uh, a little bit of a management tool and a, a little bit of an engagement tool, but you know, we, we've built bots for Twitch that are 10 times deeper and broader and more interesting than me six. We're like, okay, we just need to migrate that over. Uh, now, do we want to partner with me six? We do, you know, me six Matrica, blocksmith labs. Uh, they're all great companies that have built, uh, you know, slices of technology that are, that are being used broadly in the space. Uh, but those slices of technology fit much better into an overall platform. And so those are all things that we're going to be building uh, or partnering with those companies. We'd rather partner. We certainly don't think of people as competitors because uh, when you're in a space like Web3, it's actually all about innovation and not really about competition. Uh, but a lot of those types of things, right? There's so many ways these different entities can come together to you know continue to move this movement forward, right? So 110. percent That's that's why I love Web three so much, and this whole NFT movement is, and I think it's going to change the world much more than crypto has been able to. Is just because you've it's broken down barriers, uh, it's broken down silos, and you've got people from all over the world working on different projects that come together and partner in unique ways that's never been done in like the history of man. So it's a pretty unique time to to be alive. And it's funny, you walk, you know, go to soccer games with your kids and all that stuff. No one seems to really be tuned into NFTs yet. So we're all of us in the room right now, are like ultra lucky just to be a part of what's happening. Uh, and this will be written in the storybooks and decades ahead as to like what happened in these couple of years as NFTs took off. Yeah. And you know, there, there was a comment earlier uh, about how other people perceive uh, this space and NFTs as being fraud. And uh, I actually heard someone else say this on a podcast, and since it's become something I, t- I mention all the time, which is that uh, less than 1% of startups succeed. You know, I come from Silicon Valley. I-, I have seen so many competitors and people building other software that a little bit like what we're doing, seen many, many of them fail, nothing against them. They were bright-eyed, they raised money, they put their heart and soul in it, and they mostly ended up broke because they just invested everything they could into making their startup succeed. 
less than 1% succeed. If you know someone who's, who uh, has a band, do you judge them for the fact that their chance of succeeding as a band and going out and making a commercial success is less than 1%? If you're in any form of entertainment, the success rate is less than 1%. In other industries where innovation is, is critical, the success rate is 1% or less. Well, if we flip that same ratio around and apply it to Web3, what's the ratio in Web3 that's successful? It's actually way higher, and it's going to keep being way higher because it is so much on the cutting edge. We're going to see now uh, there are a bunch of other uh, cool people on here who who have projects and ideas for the future. And like, I don't know which one is going to be huge among those, but I know one is right. I know people who are on this show are innovating and they're innovating to the future. And you can't always tell because like I, I knew a woman who was describing the metaverse to me two years ago. And she was trying to build this thing out. And I'm like, and she was trying to build like she was trying to build like what the sandbox is. And I, and I just thought you're, you're crazy. Like who's going to care about that? And that was two years ago. Uh, so the people in the space now are going to be the cutting edge innovators. You know, it's a much higher ratio than 1%. But even if it's only 1%, that's 1% of the future that's been being innovated right now. And we don't know how much is that going to be you know, this project on here that is converting over into, you know, printing, printing uh, their images onto hoodies, right? Or for Ziaku, or, you know, we, we don't know which ones are, are going to be those, but some of them are going to completely change the future and at a higher ratio than Silicon Valley and at a higher ratio than entertainment. People simply aren't looking at the math. They're just looking at the fact that, oh, look, look at some of these things failed. Well, you know what? Some of everything fails. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a very volatile space in general, right? With NFTs and crypto and all that stuff. But um, you're right. I mean, you hear about rugs quite a bit. There's soft rugs, there's hard rugs. And what I try to tell listeners is that, hey, you know, these guys and gals are all trying to do the best they can. Obviously, there are some bad players, but there's bad players in all facets of life. Um, but, you know, even in, in, when their heart's on the right spot, sometimes these business concepts won't work out, right? And it's just it's just part of growing pains of, of an industry, of, of any industry, right? So, um yeah, I agree 110% with what you just kind of ran through. So awesome. Uh, from the, the panel up here, um, or Trader, if you've got a thought, or anybody else. Uh, yeah, and I was just going to say, so the way I understand it, you have to be kind of one of the 25 lab owners to use the software, or you have to rent it from them. Um, so I, I guess the first question is, as a if I was a project that wanted to use your software, um, how would I go about renting? You know, where would I go to rent from these guys? Um, and yes. then secondly, d does that not kind of limit your growth if you're only if you've only got twenty five companies able to use the software at any one time, or is there a, is there um, intentions to have a kind of a second lab drop or expand in some other way to allow other people to use the platform? Yeah, so we do have other customers already who don't have labs. What happens is. Uh, anybody can approach us to use our software. And so, for example, like the Sandbox, they don't own any labs right now. Uh, they might be kicking themselves that, you know, but they're a slow company, so they're hard to move. Uh, <clears throat> so they don't have to buy a lab. And they don't have to go and have a conversation with the people who own our labs. What happens is there is a certain percentage of uh, basically $5,000 a month of the rent that they are paying to use our software is going to somebody who owns a lab. We're not constrained in terms of our number of customers by the number of labs. The number of labs represent a certain discrete amount of ownership. It, it's actually not scaling ownership, so it's not like a lot of things like, you know, if we're talking about, you know, Teo Robotics where you get a percentage of, you know, Soulport. Like, it's not like that where you just get an unlimited percentage. You get an absolute fixed amount tied to a renter, much more like renting an apartment. 
so we're not limited in the terms of our customers. Anybody can come to us. If our technology allowed it, we could have 5,000 more customers tomorrow, right? It doesn't really allow it because our technology is, uh, it requires a lot of configuration. It requires actually being set up. It is actually like Salesforce in that, you know, it takes time to deploy it. So we'll probably be adding, you know, one or two customers every week uh, for the next three months. Now, as time goes on, we'll make our software more and more easy to use and more and more self-onboarding. But it's not that now because we really focused on just features and power because we wanted to just like make a great use case for, you know, our early adopters uh, so that we could just have a huge, huge impact. So we've gone for impact features more than we've gone for scalable deployment. And that means that we have a smaller number of customers and a smaller number that will come on. Uh, now, one of the key elements of both the labs and, and both of our DAOs, the, the DAO we've already formed and the DAO we're going to form soon, is, uh, is going to be uh, creating the line of people who, who want to use our software. They don't have to, like, after everyone's been rented to, right, then other people are just, we're, we're collecting that revenue ourselves, right? So, uh, you know, the 101st customer who comes to us, like, they're just paying rent to, to operate itself. So if we have a thousand customers, we're collecting rent on, you know, 900 of them, a hundred of that rent is going to, uh, to our lab holders, but most of our lab holders in pretty short order, I think won't be collecting rent. They're going to be using it or having someone else use it because the demand is really high. So I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. Uh, uh, we added renting in just to give people like a sort of financial clarity of, Hey, no matter what, whether you're using it or not, like you can collect a value on this, uh, uh, on this, uh, NFT. Okay, cool. Um, and is the so the intention of this tool is to use it ongoing. So there's no sort of tool where you could say, "Hey, well, I want to build up a Discord or, or a community um, in order to um, grow big for Mint, just like you did in two weeks." Um, another you know project might want to do this every couple of months and build up a community, and then they build a community, they launch. Is is the tool not able to support that, or is it more of you signed up for a year, you signed up for two years, and this is kind of an ongoing? community management tool yeah in general uh we've avoided working with pre-mint projects because the the ratio that that continue to be interested in their community afterwards is not that many and so we don't really want to like launch with someone who's like oh i need i need something to help me manage and grow my community for a month like yeah that's not part of the future of web3 that's not sustainable like we don't want to do that mm -hmm. uh so some of our customers have 12-month contracts some have three-month contracts there are some people we've done month to month if if there was a particular reason for it. Uh, but we've actually turned down a lot of people who were like, oh yeah, I mean, a lot of people were like, oh yeah, I just want this for launch. Well, that's not what we do. We actually build a long-term sustained community. These, these engagement mechanisms, these quests, these, this storefront, uh, having, having a reward currency for, you know, for engagement, like this is not just a two week thing, right? Uh, it might've helped us a bunch with our own launch in two weeks, but that's not, we're not done in two weeks, right? We, we have, we will be doing way more right after, uh, right after our mint we're actually i mean uh, it's really funny because we have had these two advisors who are who are fantastic and and they are constantly telling us to do less like less <laughs> because they are worried that the number of things we want to do that are radical and interesting will just be too strange for people because they haven't necessarily dealt with it before uh so we're being told to do less and and try to be a little bit more normal because we've already way past the critical mass that we need uh and so I got to tell you that the CEO and myself and, and our, our quest master are really excited for the day where we're done with our mint and we're like, okay, fine. Now we're done with our mint. Like we're not going to mess with that anymore. And now we can actually go and do 
the gamification and the engagement and the rewards and all the things that we know are super powerful inside of our community. And the people who have mad scientists are going to be a part of that in a huge way. But also people in our community who aren't mad scientists will also be a part of it. Right. We have a lot of ways we want to keep people engaged uh, as a part of our engaged to earn system and help support not only things we're doing, but also all the other sort of friends and partners and collaborators we have out there. Uh, so to go back to the very original question, we are not limited in terms of number of customers by the number of labs. Uh, uh, the labs was a, was a creation to give us a bunch of investor advocates out of our customers, and it turned into investor advocates that weren't customers that are now becoming customers. Okay, smart. Yeah, I understood. So elephant in the room, How, do you have any whitelist left? <laughs> uh, I, I will ask, you know, you guys have a, a great show here. Uh, and I would really, really love to give some whitelist to this group. Uh, we started out, well, uh, it, it's been tricky because we, we have allocated all of our whitelists that are not for uh, giveaways. We're in the middle of doing a purge. And the amount of interest in getting whitelists from really awesome people, both people who have like a lot of influence and people uh, like you, has, has basically been everybody. So, uh, and, and that's put us in a tough spot, right? Like, you know, when the Googles show up and go, hey guys, we really want some whitelist spots. And we go, yeah, okay, here's five. And they go, what What the hell? Like, how are we getting five whitelist spots? It's been tough. So we Don't are- Don't give it uh, to the Google guys. Come on now. <laughs> I know, seriously, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, you're speaking to my heart because, you know, we, we want to engage a community of advocates. I do actually, it's been great meeting with the Google guys. They, they're a bunch of really smart guys, but, but right, that, that's giving it to the top, right? It's not giving it to the- to the middle, which is where things should go. Uh, so I'll yeah, go back with you that offline. Maybe we can get one to, to give out and um, we'll do like a, a retweet giveaway uh, to the community. If it's possible, if you guys have any left, we'll, we'll work offline on that. And then I'll just, I'll check to see anybody that was in this room will be eligible for that. Um, I'll go back, we'll, we'll pick randomly and then I'll double check to see that they were in here, if that's cool. So that's, that's how I'll do it if we end up getting our hands on one or two. So. Uh, for everyone that's in the room, I'll circle back with you. Um, just watch the watch the the tweet. You know, twenty four forty eight hours. Any um, and I do want to get over to Asylum and Parsifal has been super uh, patient, man. Thank you so much for you're going last, and I'm grateful for that. And everybody that's on uh, on the panel here tonight or today, obviously you're all builders. You got a ton of stuff going on uh, with your businesses, so thanks for for hanging out with us today. Um, Andrew, any any final thoughts? Or from the panel here, any any final questions for Andrew and uh, the commune guys? Okay, I think we're good. Uh, Andrew, uh, final thoughts, really quick. You know, real pleasure to be here. Real pleasure to talk to you all. Uh, you know, I'm I'm excited for our drop. I'm I'm going to be watching other people on this show too and watch your guys' drops. Uh, you know, and and Web three is a is a place for innovation, and I'm I'm excited to be a part of that. Like. I've loved working in software for years, but I am now on fire, as is my company, that like we found where innovation is happening and where people are tied to innovation. And the, the nature of smart contracts and the nature of Web3, uh, I'm a huge believer that this is just going to be underlying all uh, ownership and transactions you know, within, within 10 years. Uh, and it's really exciting to be here kind of at the forefront. All right, perfect. Uh, thanks for coming up and, and sharing. Excited for what you guys are doing, obviously, uh, along with all the other projects that are here. 
really quick before we get over to Parcel, uh, Parcival uh, on Asylum, uh, we are presented by Cheddar Block Games. Check those guys out. And then obviously Yaku is our mint of the week. Uh, they're minting on the 30th. Uh, you know, do what you can to get the whitelist by picking one of their capsules as well as uh, one of the bikes. So with that, let's, uh, Andrew, thanks for, for jumping in. We'll do a final round here after we, uh, we talk with uh, Asylum and we'll close out the show probably in the next, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks to everybody for, for listening in and hanging with us today on the Morning Mint Show. Uh, of all, over to you, brother. Again, thanks so much for uh, the patience. Let's dig in a little bit into the asylum project that you're building, the gaming experience. It's fitting. It's filling a unique like horror niche, I guess, that hasn't really been built out uh, or are tapped, I guess, in the the Web3 NFT space quite yet. So uh, you gave an intro quite a while ago. What I would ask you to do, if you're open to it, just kind of give us another highlight and then dig a little bit deeper as to what your vision looks like with the, with this game, with this experience, with this metaverse um, and, and why, you know, you think people should be excited about what you guys are, are looking to deliver, uh, and, and what the mint, which I think is tomorrow. So I'll pass the mic over to you. Right. All right. Let's do it. Uh, hopefully I don't rug at any point during this because there's a big stage here. I'm used to doing spaces, but I got to admit, this is a big one. Um, but I'm glad you're all here. Um, Asylum Discord has been waiting patiently. Uh, I got to tell you, what I'm doing is easily the most ambitious thing I've ever attempted. Um, in my background, I was a chief technology officer and a founder in Silicon Valley. You know, I, I went the, uh, the path. I got my graduate degree in engineering. I wanted one of those shiny jobs that society wanted you to have. And then I got bit by the startup bug after uh, reading the Walter Isaacson biography uh, right, right around when uh, Steve Jobs passed away, I, I guess it was around the same time. But yeah, I got the startup bug and taught myself to code. Um, I went the full-blown entrepreneurial path. I mean, I really, uh, I got my first engineering job through Craigslist and I was one of uh, the first engineering employees at a little startup that makes, um, it's a social network for the military. So, and they're doing pretty well right now. And I left them to, uh, to start my own uh, financial technologies company. So that was 2015, I was 25 years old. I moved to the Bay Area with nothing but a demo and I managed to raise $400,000 and fast forward five years, uh, it failed. I decided to leave, uh, the pandemic happened and uh, just the nature of work had changed so dramatically, I felt like society had lied to me. I felt like college and work life was nothing like what the rest of my life would be like. Um, you know, being in front of your laptop all day alone, doing Zoom calls, it just wasn't my idea of a, a, re a reward for all the, the work that I, that I put in ever since graduating college. And then having that startup that failed, I mean, it was a massive life experience. Um, pound for pound, we were a better team. Uh, my product was great. It's just the entire market was so saturated. Uh, there was no money for us. Um, and I admitted defeat. Pandemic was the last straw. And I was between, I was still searching. After that, I mean, the lockdown was still happening. I was at home. Uh, I got a temporary software gig. It was really boring. 
I don't want to say life sucking because I'm like thankful that I got a job after that. Um, and I just started uh, chipping away at all the debt I had built up from like living in hostels in San Francisco for five years, which was a lot. <laughs> so I was totally remote. Um, and that's why I was able to be on Twitter uh, when the DJ Apes minted. And uh, I got a couple. And then the next day I got some SMBs. And it was just electric. It was like the most addicting thing I had ever experienced in my life. And it clicked so immediately. I was like counting down the days to leave my job. Um, I was just all in. I mean, even I hadn't even paid off all my debt. And I was like, this is obviously what's going to be happening for a long time. And I changed my name to Parzival. And it's not a coincidence. Uh, that I'm building a metaverse. Um, I've always had that in my mind for years. Uh, I registered metaverse domain names in 2020. It was part of the plan all along. So you might look at me now as like this influencer guy. Uh, I don't know why I got famous based on the things I say. It's really not that different from what other influencers say. You know, I buy something, I'm excited about it. So I, I tweet about it. But I think the name what it means to people is the ideal of the metaverse. Like what the metaverse might be in the future. Because they've seen Ready Player One, right? But I got I gotta admit it to you, like I'm not Parzival from Ready Player One. Like I'm not the hero. That's not me. Um I'm really the guy in the background <laughs> building the thing that Parzival uses. <laughs> I'm really like more like James Halliday. Uh, you know, he's fictionally genius in that I'm not sure anybody could really build like that whole thing. But, you know, we can achieve a subset of the features. Um, so I think it's a good intro for the, the overall mission here and the, the large idea. Um, so Asylum is the first metaverse that we're rolling out on the platform, which is called Dataverse. So you can see I'm a founder of both in my profile. Uh, if you look at the two uh, ads, you know, I have a Zetaverse and I have Asylum. So we're minting Asylum tomorrow and you'll get your key, which gives you access to a virtual room in the virtual Unreal Engine environment that's hosted on the cloud. So basically you can just stream your, your room right on your browser, just like the way you watch Netflix, you know, so the environment can be massive. It could be hundreds of gigabytes and, and you don't have to download that locally. You're just streaming the, the visuals right to your machine. So what that means is it's, it's su super accessible. It's, it's like as accessible as this Twitter spaces. Um, so Zetaverse is like the home page of the metaverse. And if you mint your key tomorrow, you also get access to the attic room, uh, which is like James Halliday's attic in Ready Player One. Uh, but that's like your home base. So the idea is, you know, you, you connect your Phantom wallet, you're in your attic room, you invite a few of your buddies, you've got your avatars that you acquired through other projects. Uh, they're probably the same because they're all in the same project. And then you're like, okay, let's go jump into our, let's go jump into our asylum room because we want to, 
we want to explore that genre. Like we're feeling horror today. You know, Halloween rolls around, asylum users go up, that sort of thing. Um, so it's it's a massive infrastructure, and I don't I don't like calling what I'm doing a project because it feels uh, it just feels way too small. Uh, I'm I'm building a metaverse company. I'm not interested in doing anything other than everything is possible. Um, you know, even in my personal life, like my hobbies are are stupid. I, I do ultra marathons because I just can't do something simple. I have to like reach for the most absurd goal because that's all that's interesting to me. I mean, I've, I've never entered a 5K before. Like my first, my first race was an Ironman triathlon. <laughs> so, so this is what I'm doing. Um, but technically what this means is we're merging new technologies that just haven't been uh, used before. And I'm taking a page out of Elon's book here. <laughs> Uh, you know, when he started Tesla, he had a really clear vision for electric vehicles. Um, so that prototype that he rolled out, he didn't create a new battery technology. You know, he didn't discover how to harness electricity. All he did was take what was already existing and combine it in a way that nobody had before. Uh, and and boom, he was in business. You use that to raise funds and then you're off to the races. And I mean, there's a lot more than that than that because the guy, you know, suffered for hundreds of hours a week, um, you know, living and breathing for his, for his companies, pouring every last dollar into it, but it's a good start. So the three technologies that have never been combined before are Unreal Engine 5. That's photorealistic environments. Um, uh, the second one is uh, NFTs and crypto. So that's the infrastructure for your economy within the metaverse. And the last one, which is really important, is pixel streaming, which has failed in the AAA gaming community uh, because it's cost prohibitive. Uh, it's really expensive to have, you know, a million of your users spooling up their own server uh, in the cloud, like using up a GPU and, and streaming that data. Uh, so you've seen uh, services uh, from Amazon, uh, which is like cloud gaming, that have failed because the cost was just too high. And then for real-time gaming, it doesn't work. Uh, you know, if you're playing a first-person shooter, every millisecond counts, and you'll just never have a die-hard fan base for some types of games that are pixel streamed. But I don't care. I don't care about that. I don't care as much about like real-time gaming. I care about um, this exact scenario, like a group of people that get, that just want to talk and exchange ideas in a virtual and entertaining environment. Um, and I've done, I've done spaces last year that had regularly during a bull run over over a hundred people in them, and I would just talk about projects launching that it was great. It was really fun, but after you know the hundredth time, I started feeling like we were just like lying to ourselves that this is the metaverse. <laughs> you know, it's it's two dimensional, and all you really see is this circle and the monkey PFP. Um, I just thought there's obviously a next paradigm here that we have to cross over. Um, so 
I didn't see anybody else working on it. And I just decided to do it myself. Finally, um, it was at the end of January. I was very tired of refreshing the feed and looking at the charts. And I was like, all right, you're either going to sit here in front of your computer and flip JPEGs like for the next year until you, I don't know, get bored of it, or you're going to get something back and at least make that struggle over the last five years worth it. Um, I mean, that, that's what's important to me. Because what's the point of having struggled for so long if you can't take those experiences and do something with them? It's been uh, very serious, right? No, that's yeah, so, completely true. I think, I think you know, it's um, yeah, the NFT space, as you say, you, you can often just be staring at, uh, at Joe Pays and, and where's that game? And, and kind of getting your head stuck into a project is uh, is pretty amazing. And kind of what you're building sounds pretty cool. Um, what uh, kind of just kind of diving into it and kind of what as an NFT holder do do I get from it? Um, and are you having sort of um, a play to earn element to it, or you know, what, what would I get as an as an NFT holder? So the asylum keys that are minting tomorrow, you you have a virtual room in the asylum, and that allows you to uh, create like a Twitter Spaces like experience in your room, so you can generate um, a shareable link, just like you do with Twitter Spaces, and anybody who has a key can can drop into your room, and you can host little events like this um and then next year we're going to roll out uh, a play a play turn game um which will be um it'll be a survival game so you it's a it's really similar to dead by daylight where like you and your buddies um the whole objective is to survive and not get killed by you know, one party member um and then you also get access to uh the attic in the zetaverse so if you want to know what that looks like, uh, just check my bio and there's a, you know, tag Zetaverse and you can drop it in Discord or look at the pin tweet there. Cool. And the, and the rooms will be available, what, straight after Mint, after the keys are minted? No, we're going to develop them over the next couple of months. Hopefully by the end of the summer, uh, they'll be posted. Uh, we're setting up the streaming vendors right now. Cool. Hey, Pars, what is the uh, the total supply now? The total supply is 5K. Uh, tomorrow pre-sale is uh, 800 keys. And the then, price is 1.5. Yeah, yeah. And one of the questions I have is like the asylum piece. Obviously, it's, it's a certain niche. Do you expect people to spend a lot of time in there? I mean, is it a, per a certain personality that wants to kind of hang out in the asylum? Or is that, you know, would you gather there with friends? Like, what does that the experience look like before the game launches? Yeah, great question. Um, so my my KPI for this, it isn't, uh, you know, the market cap of the token or the even the, you know, I know I know holders care about floor price, so I'm going to care about that. But my KPI is monthly active users. So if, if nobody's using these rooms to me, uh, it's a failure. So the experience in the rooms is going to be extremely immersive. You'll have, um, you know, you'll have, it, there's escape, escape room elements. Um, like for instance, if you're you're a host 
on this spaces and on the littler ones sometimes you'll have um somebody who kind of oversteps the boundary and they just keep you know shilling uh you know mutated ducks or whatever ten thousand supply and on the spaces sometimes i would get so irritated but i'm like i'm like too polite to boot them i'm like i wish i could just like grab their avatar and just like throw them <laughs> over the horizon and it would be hilariously entertaining like so in the horror metaverse like you'll be able to do cool stuff like that like maybe you can like open the hole in the floor and that that guest will just fall through and everybody else watching like laughs um you can like summon things in the room to scare your friends like maybe you as the host can trigger like the closet door to open and then like an annabelle knockoff like appears behind him so when he turns around you know he fills his diaper and everybody laughs but you can't you can't do any of that stuff like on spaces you know so it's it's a totally different entertainment Did I cut out? Oh, yeah, Parsi, stop. Okay. Yeah, I can't hear him. Yeah, I'm pausing for questions now at this point. Um, please play our demo, though. It's it's in our bio uh, on the Asylum. Uh, it's not for mobile. It's uh, PC. And having a mouse enabled would help because the sensitivity is a little high. But that's uh, more than a 1,000 words worth of uh talking um i mean i'm really like more of an introverted guy and selling is something you just have to do in this space but i think the demo speaks for itself uh <laughs> you'll feel the vision uh, i didn't even talk about how how much i value lore uh and story um the asylum has a story you know i respect the current metaverse projects a lot for having been earlier um, than me and just having the balls to launch. Um, but you have to admit to yourself as a holder, like how often do you actually use these spaces that you bought? Um, you know, I've gone into one and the experience is you walk around and then after a minute and a half, you leave and you never go back in. And I just don't want that to happen with this. It's not going to happen. And, um, when you're in your room, you'll feel like you're the main character. You'll know why you're in the room. You'll know why the room exists. You're in a virtual 1950s, um, like rundown asylum that's been taken over by a cult leader. And as you unlock more and more wings of the asylum, like the truth about what's happening there is revealed. And the rarer the key, the closer you are to the head of the snake. So there you go. No, uh, Parzival, excited about what you guys are doing. Obviously, very thorough. I, I love the history about you as well. That was pretty intriguing. Uh, and you know, I'm excited to see where you, you take the project in the, in the weeks and months ahead, man. Uh, good stuff and, and keep building. Thanks, man. Um, I don't know if you wanted to end that too. That's totally cool. I think I've uh, said about as much as I'd like to. <laughs> um, yeah, so what we'll do now, guys. Out. Yeah, check out Parsifal's uh, The Asylum, uh, minting tomorrow with the, I guess, the, the whitelist and the rest of that will open up in the, I guess, the days ahead. Um, 5,000 supply, 1.5 soul. Uh, check them out for sure. Okay, guys, so we've been running two hours, which is usually the cap for this show. 
what I would like to do um, is maybe just do a minute or two kind of review with each of you. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, folks with questions. I don't know if you've got time to hang here. I can open up uh, you know, the floor for, for some of these folks to come up and ask questions. I know Andrew, I believe, had to drop. But, um, you know, I guess I'll, I'll ask the, the panel, do you guys want to just do a quick closeout? Would you prefer to ask have some questions. of the, the questions come up? Questions. Okay. Let's bring up um, really quick. And if thanks. He's still a listener. Oh, he's showing him as a speaker here. Okay, let me bring up a couple other folks here. We'll do a couple, and then we'll we'll do the the closing round. Tony, too. Over to you. You got a comment question for the panel? Or Samson? And uh, and I think we uh, you may not be on mobile. So you can only speak on mobile. Trader, there. can you see that better? That better? Yeah. Yeah, Tony, go ahead. Okay, this one's uh for Parzival. So 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 that P2E is gonna be kind of like just like a virtual rumble game, like where like you know how like like you do rumbles and discord and stuff. Um but this one's like you're just in it with your group of friends. Like is that basically like what that game's gonna be like for the for the for the group stuff? And I yeah, thanks for the question, man. I think I understand uh, your question. So, so the room is like a social experience, whereas in a pregame lobby, oh, okay, and the the game is is a survival game. Um, so, you, so your whole objective is to escape. Yeah, and and while you're trying to escape, like one person is trying to kill you. Um, so you have to try to trust the person next to you as you're. As you're exploring a dark asylum with a flashlight, looking for an objective, like to turn on a generator or a light, or uh, unlock the elevator or the front gate. Um, meanwhile, the guy next to you, with proximity chat enabled, you know you're you're trying to gauge him to see if, if he's the guy who's trying who's trying to kill you or if he's on your team. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, so, yeah, so betrayal is like is the theme. Um, Dude, I love it. Because you'll be talking to this guy the whole time where you're, you know, and you're stressing out because it's a long, dark hallway and you have, you need him to, to guard you while he's, you know, turning on a generator. Yeah. But he could also just pull a fast one and hit you over the back of the head with a lead pipe and then you scream and then you go back to the lobby <laughs> and that's it. And, and every room is different. It's going to be different. Eventually, different theme, yeah. Di yeah, different theme, different size. The rarer the key, the more uh, detail. Cool. So, uh, a more common key doesn't reveal as much about the story, whereas the rarest key has a lot of uh, items in the room that, and then are just more graphic. And then, really, really quick, uh, fear token. Um, so, just holding the key from, you know, from mint will. Uh, Earn me a bunch of fear token by the time that stuff drops, and is that usable to uh, just collect more and more items to make like the experience in these rooms um, different every time based upon the items that you uh, get? 
Yeah, exactly. Um, after after our public, we'll start. Uh, it's not even really staking. Like we have yeah. drop tokens to you, and then you can use that in your metaverse to upgrade. Yeah, it's just passive. Items just in your room. it, right? You just get airdropped. In. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. That's it. We're also going to do a transmogrification process so the keys will be upgradable oh uh, we can talk more later all right cool yeah awesome thanks tony right, thanks for coming you. up all right we'll do one more question uh subcap over to you brother yeah yeah um, can you hear me yeah you sound good okay yeah so um, i want to say a very big thank you to um the panel for you know um bringing this awesome project to the nft community Okay, yeah, and I've got two questions. Um, the first one, yeah, after means is there, you know, a means of incentivizing engagements on on the Discord community? Okay. Yeah, apart from you know, you just holding, you just holding the um, the NFT. Is there is there um, a means of incentivizing you know engagements on on community? Yeah, that's that's the first question. Okay, and the second. Yeah, um, from what you said earlier, at the beginning of the you know the tour space, you said okay, um, the labs which are currently selling for a thousand, a thousand, so okay, they are for, you know, they are for institutional investors. Okay, and so um, the question is for um, those holding those holding the mad scientist NFTs. Yeah, are there ways you know for them to um, utilize the softwares? Yeah. You know, Andrew ended up dropping out. Um, I don't think the NFT gives you access to utilizing the um, the software itself. If you have the laboratory, I think you do. But as far as the software goes, that's like a, a, a subscription base. It sounds like if you don't hold the laboratory, so companies will pay, I think, 5000 a month is what he said. Okay, thank you. To get access but to like the Like you said, the right? What was that, Sub? Yeah, you, like you said, you can we can rent the labs, right? Yeah, if you if you own the lab, you can rent that out to, to companies. It sounds like to get access to the tools. I think I don't know for sure, but uh, Andrew had to drop, so unfortunately, he can't clarify. Okay. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Yeah, that's all I have to ask. All right, brother. Thanks so much for for coming up. All right, guys, this is the Morning Mint Show. Uh, we've been hanging out with the Floating Apes, uh, the Coral Tribe, Yaku Corp. Commune I3 uh, in Asylum. So we're going to do our final rounds right now. It's been a long show, two hours. Thanks so much for all the uh, the panelists and the projects that have hung out this long. Let's just do like a minute or two on each of you that we can, we can close the space. I will work with Commune to see if we can get a, a whitelist spot uh, to put out there um, to get people that were in the space to, to get access to that. But it sounds like it's pretty tight. Uh, but with that, why don't we go just through um, the final rounds, final comments, just high level, uh, just refreshing who you are to the room because it does turn over quite a bit. Floating Apes, then we'll go Coral, then we'll go Yaku, then we'll go Asylum. So Floating Apes, over to you guys. All right, so I just want to thank everybody here that's here today. I know like we we broke records today. We had like almost 600 people in here. Shout out to every project that's here that's up. Shout out to all the great people that you know that a lot of people have met throughout, you know, um, creating the Floating Apes. If I were to be here a month ago, most of the guys in here I wouldn't know, but now I do. And I feel like you know, in the end of the day, it's networking. And, you know, I, I always made sure that while the hype was there, I took advantage and tried to meet all these people. And I think, you know, I can see undervalued. He's here. Shout out to him. You know, and I told him, hey, let's talk. He said, you know, I'm a little busy, but, you know, uh, I like your project, uh, you know, and I already want to put it in a video. I told him, no, in the end of the day, what we're trying to do is connect with every single person. So, you know, network 
is your net worth. And then at the end of the day, shout out to everybody. One quick thing I forgot to talk about in the float token earlier is that the float token is also going to give you access um, to a, um, an auction site where you're going to be able to bid on one of one art that's going to be made by Van Dope and Smiley and um, Ayub. So Ayub, for anybody that's here that's late, he's our artist. He has worked with, you know, a lot of big names, The Weeknd, Rock Nation, Lil Uzi, and so on. Um, Zendaya is a big fan of his as well. She's bought a couple of his art pieces. So at the end of the day, you would be able to fully, you know, purchase his art through the auctions. Uh, with the float token, you're going to be able to purchase merchandise, which, you know, we have um, we have announced on the Discord, but not on Twitter yet. So I think a lot of people are going to be shook by the designs and so on. And... Um, and yeah, final message, final positive message to anybody that is here. Uh, I know a lot of people in this space are, you know, um, some of them are new. Some of them have been here for a while and have bigger visions for themselves. In the end of the day, I want to end on a positive note. I want to tell you in the end of the day, do not be afraid to take risks. Do not be afraid to take a step further. And, you know, a lot of people th are thinking, hey, I want to start a project or, hey, I want to join this project or, hey, I know I have, you know, value to add you know to the web3 space but you know just because of fear they do not take that extra step and you know that's one of the things that with my holders i've seen a lot of people you know reach out to me and i tell anybody if you're a holder you have full access to me and the end of the day i've had so many projects that have asked me to advise for them since they've seen the great intense hype that we've created and the great mechanism that we've put in place um leading up to the sellout um so in the end of the day you know Anybody that's a part of my community that's here, always reach out to me. I've had more than 30 people reach out to me in the last two days. Some of them that, you know, want to do collaborations and certain things. You know, I've had somebody reach out to me, you know, that does diamonds. I had uh, people reach out to me, you know, that are trying to start their own projects. I've had people reach out to me, you know, that want to help, that want me to help them with their own marketing. I've also, you know, worked with a lot of people in the space that are from very, very big projects, whether they are project founders or whether they are from blue chip communities who also needed help in branding themselves right, in marketing their own pages or whether they wanted to turn into influencers and bring value to, to, to them. So in the end of the day, the message is um, always take the step, take the risk, don't regret it. We are all early adopters in the world of, uh, you know, NFTs. And, you know, soon enough, it's going to, to, to become the norm. So take advantage of this time. And, you know, for anybody here that, you know, um, that likes what they heard today, A-pin, A-pin, and in the end of the day, it's, 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 it's the same sentence we say, you know, we have our own language in our Discord, you know, and we, we don't say let's fucking go, we say let's fucking float, um, we don't say we're all going to make it, we say we're all going to eat, and we don't say FOMO, we say float or miss out, so in the end of the day, you guys have a chance right now at a good entry, so float or miss out. Awesome, float, thanks for coming up, good to see you, um, appreciate the, the run through now and, and earlier on in the show, so thanks for your time. Crypto Coral, over to you guys. Uh, yeah, much love to, to all of you. Uh, for those who missed out, so Cool Try, we launched recently, building a creative hub by creative for creatives. 50% uh, of primary and secondary sales channeled into the Impact Fund. Currently working on a council, scientific council, to curate projects for the Impact Fund. Work on staking to opt in to any rewards yielded by the Impact Fund. Pushing education forward, pushing our art forward with Solarpunk. And, uh, and yeah, plenty more to read in our own light paper and so on for anyone that's interested. But again, 
absolutely amazing tourist space, regardless of, you know, the high count of numbers or quality of conversation out here has been insane. Floating's brand, you know, I love how you focus on that. Yaku, your metaverse graphics are absolutely ridiculous. But Sival also, you know, we reached out from the beginning and always like your brand. So, so cool to, to see you building beyond just, you know, tweets and so on, but actually building in the background. And, uh, and yeah, obviously the host as well, uh, immaculate job. So really, really uh, pleasant Twitter spaces. And thank you for having us on board. 100%. Thanks for coming up. Yeah, guys, if you like these spaces, feel free to uh, follow us. Koopy uh, and myself, we do these shows four or five times a week, the Morning Mint show and the Late Show. And the, the goal is to bring quality projects on, newer projects as well, uh, kind of share what they're building uh, as we move this movement forward uh, in the Solana NFT space. And we get some Ethereum stuff up in here too. So uh, Crypto Coral, thanks for, for jumping on. Uh, thanks for the time. Yaku, over to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for having us. Always love doing these. Uh, for those that don't know, this show is done free. Moonrubbing does not charge anyone to be on here. So always really appreciate him lending his platform and audience to upcoming projects, as well as getting so many cool established ones like ourselves all together to talk over what we've got going on. Uh, we are minting our final mint of avatars this Saturday on the 30th, whitelist kicks off at 7 a.m. UTC on the Magic Eden Launchpad. All you got to do to get whitelist is hold one pair of our existing uh, collections out there. So you got to have one motorcycle and one capsule. Just have them in the same wallet together, and you're automatically going to get that wallet whitelisted. We have not taken a snapshot for that yet, though it's coming sooner rather than later. And uh, aside from that, also, uh, we're doing something different on our first mint. We had a controlled public mint. So basically what we did was a whitelist and then an oversubscribed second whitelist that we called controlled public that was not a guaranteed mint. Uh, obviously, bots are still an issue on many launch pads out there. So we're trying to find creative ways to skirt around that. So we brought back the controlled mint this time because as a result of our whitelist method, there's probably going to be, you know, a couple hundred uh, avatars that make their way into a public mint. And so I would rather not see those couple hundred get gobbled up by bots in one second and create an awful mint experience. So we're bringing the controlled public mint back. And we always try to uh, provide some value to people who jump into these Twitter spaces. And so sort of how we're doing this controlled public mint is we created a second Discord server to collect wallets from people. That way people couldn't fill our original Discord server with like, you know, second accounts and things, right? To like flood it to get multiple spots. Uh, so I actually, I'm going to give out, so get your pens ready, the uh, link to that controlled public whitelist uh, server uh, for 25 spots that people are listening right now. So the, the I'm going to read off the letters to get in just for people who are tuned in today. So the, the letters for that are a capital Y, lowercase a, capital W, capital S, capital G, capital S, the number eight, capital A, lowercase d, and capital Y. So for those of you tuning in, there's 25 spots for you all, uh, and it is, it is going to get you significantly higher odds of snagging an avatar if you do not have whitelist. So very much appreciate the time and looking forward to uh, seeing how all of our projects continue moving on. Daku, thanks for coming up. Thanks for uh, giving those out as well. Grateful for that. Thanks for your time. Good luck with the Mint on the 30th. And uh, well, I'm sure we'll have you guys on again soon. So good luck. Parsifal, over to you. Asylum. All right. Some key details. Presale tomorrow, 800 keys, 1.5 sold, 
Uh, if you'd like to get early access, all you have to do is complete our demo, which is an escape room. You can find the link in my profile. It's asylum underscore IO. And yeah, thanks everybody for being here. Uh, hopefully uh, some of the speakers here, we can work together in the future and be super interested to do so. Okay, perfect. Guys, thanks so much for, for jumping on the show. Thanks to all the projects. Uh, as always, uh, at least for the week, we are presented by Cheddar Block Games. Check those guys out. They're creating NFTs tied in with eSport franchises. Uh, they've also got an awesome gaming platform, 50 plus games, PvP, PvE. Uh, so thanks to them. And then Yaku Corp with the minute of the week uh, happening on the 30th, we just heard. So this has been um, the Morning Mint Show. Thanks for hanging in for the long show. Thanks to all the projects and the community. Sorry we couldn't get to all the questions. Uh, we had a ton of questions that wanted to come up, but obviously a, a ton of content and alpha from uh, the speakers. So just didn't have, didn't have enough time for that. But um, uh, thank you for, for the time. We'll continue to do these shows. We've got you know four or five lit shows set up for next week. Uh, and we'll continue to do them as long as the community, the projects, the people uh, find value in them. So uh, with that, we'll end the space. Uh, this is recorded, so it should be up for the next 30 days. I'll try to put it up on podcast as well. Uh, so thanks so much, uh, Koopy, Trader. Uh, God bless you guys. Uh, make good decisions. Uh, thanks for everyone that's involved in building this this movement forward. And we'll catch you up on the uh, the flip side in the days ahead. So with that, we'll end. Thanks, guys. Have a good thanks rest a lot, of guys. Wednesday. And we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Cheers. Good talking with you, everybody. God bless, guys.